episode 10 of the green episode room 10 already yeah 10 flying we've been by. through 10 episodes flying um, by well really nine we'll okay true forget. the lost episode yeah um today we're gonna start with something a little bit different than we normally do we're actually gonna start with nba just because today is monday november 16th the draft is on wednesday this week um so we're gonna start with our nba mock draft um correct before that however i'd like to congratulate Dustin Johnson yeah. on winning $2 million today. It's only two? Yeah, I was pretty surprised to hear that as well. Wow. Um, I thought it'd be at least 10 for yeah, the winner. Yeah. Um, Dustin jo- for shooting minus 20, too. I know. Uh, Justin Johnson shot minus 20 at the Masters best, this weekend. Best score ever at the Masters. Is that Fun true? fact. Yes, yeah, best um, score ever. Also, Cameron Smith, second place, minus 15. Sung J M minus fifteen. Both of them came home with a million dollars. Justin Thomas at number four minus twelve. Roy McIlroy and Dylan Fratelli to round it out. Um, Star studded. Yeah, Tiger blew it. Yeah, you know, uh, did he shoot a ten on a hole? Maybe on a par three. Maybe. Yeah. But all that matters was that Masters last year for us pro Tiger community. And at least we got to see him put the jacket on someone. We, we did. It was. Did we see him in a red shirt today? Yes. Okay. We saw him in a red shirt. Yeah. Um. Let's go straight into our draft. Um, sure. Parker started with. Parker's got all the even or odd number picks. I've got all the even number picks. Yes. Um. So yeah. Here we go. Can I preface this by saying I think that this is genuinely one of the most spread out drafts. I I've think it's completely unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, we I don't have know picks. what's going to happen. We have picks. We did the first 20 picks yeah. of this mock. We wanted to obviously get all the lottery in there and then get some of the more contending teams that maybe are a piece away yeah. so we could at least talk about teams that have a chance with of going far with this last piece. Um, with that being said, with the number one overall pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves, or Timber Puppies, as Danny calls them, Mm -hmm. select Anthony Edwards, shooting guard out of Georgia. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is maybe one of the higher floor players in the draft. I feel like his scoring just translates well to this current NBA we live in. There's a lot of question marks, but I feel like we saw enough out of him where he's probably the best case scenario here for the Timberwolves. Now, they do have D. Russ, you know, and Jared Culver played some guards, so... There's spots to, for him to earn at guard position, but I think if you just keep getting cap playmakers, it'll help him long term. Yeah, I agree. They're just not going to play any defense, but I don't think that matters anymore, no. to be honest. I think just it's be all one scoring. of the best. If they can just kind of become the Mavericks, like the mm-hmm. junior Mavericks. You know, Cat's one of the best offensive talent bigs we've seen of recent years. I mean, he can score from anywhere. If you can just put anyone around Cat, he should right. be like you, a good team around Cat should figure it out eventually. Right. They should not be drafting number one. Agreed. With the team they already had, and now they've had too many number one picks. This better be the last one for a while. I hope, or otherwise they're back to the Timber Puppies. They're Timber Wolves now. At number two, the Golden State Warriors, which is a trade I actually think they'll probably end up, or a pick that I think they'll probably end up trading. Probably, but. They're going to go with a, the guy who fills the role for them. It's Obi Toppin. He's, they need a new power forward straight up because Draymond's just getting up there. Yeah. Um, I think they could go Wiseman here, maybe go center, but I just don't think that really fits with what the Warriors have done the past, like 
their identity has never been a big dominant big right and like you said they're kind of just looking for a piece right now yeah they're not necessarily looking for a project I think Obi Toppin gives that. Yeah, he, he's the best fit for their timeline, even though we were surprised to hear he was only a sophomore. Yeah, that is true. Maybe he redshirted or something, because I swear he's like 23. Well, he's also, he's just got an NBA body. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude is muscular, he has ups, he can score. Just a solid player. Good pick. Yeah, he's ready to go right away. All right. With the number three pick in our fictional draft of what we think teams should pick, I've selected LaMelo Ball for the Charlotte Hornets. Which, best player available, probably. I don't even necessarily think that. I just think MJ wants to put them back on the map brand-wise. Mm-hmm. Wants to. He's all about his brand and Jordan. And I know, obviously, LaMelo Ball is Puma, but maybe he recruits him down the line to switch over. Just adds a little excitement to the Hornets, even though I, I don't think he'll love having LaVar around. Yeah, I can't see an MJ LaVar, because considering LaVar <laughs> did say Lonzo was going to be better than, and actually was better than MJ while he was in, still in college. Correct, and so. he also said he'd beat MJ in a one-on-one game, so maybe MJ just kind of, like, alphas him yeah, during what if he practice. Picked, what if he picked LaMelo so he could play LaVar one-on-one? Or... He picks LaMelo to tank LaMelo's career Whoa. because LeVar said that. Now I'm getting even away from like actual basketball <laughs> reasons. but LaMelo just, also feels like the best trade piece. He's at least bunch. young. He's also like he's the youngest, plus he's like the biggest star. He's going to draw the yeah. most tickets out of anybody in this draft. So I just think that makes sense for the, for the Hornets. Um, they're also linked to Russell Westbrook, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Correct. Um, at number four, the Chicago Bulls select, and I think they need a wing here. Um, the, at, after three, I think there's a big drop-off. But they go Denny Avija, like who's that. a big question mark for me. I always like rolling the dice on Europeans, mm-hmm. especially nowadays since scouting is so much better than it was in like the late 90s, yeah, early exactly. 2000s. It's not like you're getting grainy footage anymore unless you're Saku Dumbaya or Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo at this right. point. Exactly. Um, I'm assuming Denny Avija can shoot. He's 6'10", probably still growing. I don't know. And, I mean, just having that shooting value at that height, that's what the NBA's becoming. Mm-hmm. You need to have shooting, and if they can already have that range coming out, you can kind of throw other stuff around them. They're going to be an exciting team. No other, pick for, no other pick really makes sense for me here. Yeah. Because um, you don't need a center there. You have Wendell Carter. I guess, I guess if you wanted to, you could, but it just... I don't know. They need a wing. They have Kobe White and Zach Levine at the guard spots. Right, yeah. It's like, take a risk, you know? They need I, something to get them over the top. Maybe Denny Avija's it. I like that. With the number five pick in our fictional draft, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers selecting Onyeka Okungwu out of USC. He's a forward. And listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Do I watch a lot of USC basketball? Mm-mm. No. But I've seen the man, the man's highlights. He's 6'9", and I think that you already have your guards for the future. Andre Drummond, we're not sure. One he just picked year, up his player option. Probably one more year, mostly. They got Larry Nance, who's their other forward. But otherwise, Kevin Love's going to be out very soon. Mm-hmm. The question marks around Drummond, really, it's just Larry Nance. Why don't you get a young 
big-bodied forward mm-hmm. to just get some boards, get in the mix for... Yeah, and he's kind of seems like he could be a new-age center, you know, maybe. athletic enough where, and quick enough where he can run the floor. It reminds me a lot of Jaron Jackson, maybe not the shooting aspect, but the bot. He looks like Jaron Jackson a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. I like that. I like that comparison. At number six, I have got the Atlanta Hawks selecting for best player available at this point. I know it doesn't fit the roster, but James Wiseman. Yeah, see, I don't love this. See, I didn't either, but I didn't want to let him fall to the Knicks at eight, because seven, we know what happens at seven. Fair. Um, It just seems like Atlanta will probably end up trading this pick if Denny Avija goes, because they really need a wing out of anything in the draft. That's fair. Although they really have. They have Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter and Jabari They're so young. They're they're absurdly young. It's wild. Um... I actually don't. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't hate that Wiseman. It's pick just weird that they have Clint Capella because on the they roster. have so many young guys and so many people that are gonna need to be paid at some point. People are kind of whispering that John Collins could be moved. So maybe if you just kind of roll with. I forgot about John Collins. <laughs> but like, if you just roll with like a smaller lineup and then just have two huge centers, mm-hmm. you know, then your one through four can be undersized. That's fine. Jabari can play the four. But is if you have Capella and Wiseman down there, you have your rim protection. Yeah. And Wiseman gives them that long term. It's never bad to have assets long term. With the seventh pick, I am having the Detroit Pistons select Patrick Williams because they promised. Next pick. At number eight, I have the Knicks making a very Knicks pick. Um, They are going to go with Killian Hayes. French guard. Um, I actually like him. He's yeah. like 6'6", six, six point guard. Really athletic, what I've seen. Um, but I made this pick really based on history and Frank Nittaglina. Um, <laughs> Franchise, are you referring and, to? Yes, yes. And I think there's plenty of other picks they could have made. I think Tyrese Halliburton was pro- is probably a better prospect long term. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think the Knicks, this felt, this felt like the right pick for the Knicks to me. Yeah, the more you talk about this, I didn't love it at first, but the more you talk about it, the more I could see this happening. They also do need a point guard. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, not wrong. Like, out of any position. I mean, they're not going to take a forward, obviously. They have, like, ten of them. Twelve of them, yeah. Mitchell Robinson's their center. And they're going to trade him. <laughs> unfortunately. And then I guess they're rolling out Kevin Hart and RJ... Not Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Knox. I'm sorry, Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett. So then I guess, yeah, you're probably thinking Killian Hayes there. It's probably either him or... Halliburton. Um. With the ninth pick in our NBA fictional draft, I have the Washington Wizards selecting Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. And I watched more Auburn basketball than I did USC. I like Okoro. So I know more about Isaac Okoro. Again, he's just kind of a wing player that... I, I looked at the Wizards roster and I was like... Okay, well, they're they're set in a lot of places long-term or now. So I think they just need depth at this point. And they don't have terrible depth because... No. Like, they don't need guards, obviously. We'll see how this how John Wall coming back yeah, changes Yeah, I mean, he could be all-NBA. Because they could be a playoff team. You could talk really into them be. being a playoff team. They really could be. And they still have Thomas Bryant. Yeah, right? Thomas, who I love. Love, I love Thomas, Thomas Bryant. Bryant. They have uh, Rui. Yes, solid. Rui Hachimura. After that, it gets a little... Troy Brown. Troy Brown is good. Mo I, I've, I've compared... Yeah, they do have Mo Wagner. I've compared Troy Brown to Chris Middleton before. 
Interesting. Interesting. Middleton cooks him regularly. Yeah. yeah. In um, who else do they have? That other Lakers backup point guard, the weird, the ugly dude. Yeah. Real ugly dude. They don't have Sadoransky, do they? No. They do have, oh, they do have They Sadoransky. might have traded him. I, but they did have Sadoransky. Sue us. We're Quiet. bad with the Wizards' backup <laughs> point guards, okay? Yeah, sorry, sorry. So anyway, Isaac Okoro, just to add a little more depth at the wing. Mm-hmm. With the 10th pick in the Green Room Mock Draft, uh, the Phoenix Suns probably have the best pick of the draft so far mm-hmm. with Tyrese Halliburton. He's a solid player, I think. I know you Whatever, love Tyrese Halliburton. I, now, a big part of why I love him is because I think his freshman... He's a sophomore, correct? I believe, yes, I believe so. His freshman year, he was the sixth man. Yes. He was the sixth man at Iowa State when me and Parker bet oh, God. heavy. Oh God! I bet the last of my money. I can't believe in you brought account. this. Sick. <laughs> I, brought yeah, the, I blocked this out of my memory. Um, Kansas was the third ranked team in the country going into Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, they were dogs. Yeah. Kansas was dogs. Number we couldn't three. believe it. And we said Iowa State was unranked. We said Vegas doesn't believe. know anything. Yeah. We're betting all of our money. I bet the rest of my money on Wavada. I think it was about $4. <laughs> <laughs> I had a decent amount more on it, and I am and we pissed all you lost. brought it up. Yeah. Before you start the music, I would like to say I thought Danny would take Tyrese Halliburton at 8 for the Knicks. That would that be seemed, a terrible pick for the Knicks. <laughs> but then I thought in retrospect of how much Danny likes Tyrese Halliburton and how he wouldn't want the Knicks to ruin him. I think, the, I think Phoenix is a great fit for him. Because they wouldn't even have to... I mean, they'd still probably have to trade for a point guard. Maybe not even, because Ricky Rubio can train him a little bit. I like Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and then you could maybe make a deal for, like, a solid wing or something like that. But you don't really need to focus on the point guard position if you get Tyrese Halliburton and have Ricky Rubio there. That's fair. Plus Book's kind of a point guard. A little bit. He's ball dominant. Yeah, Yeah. ball dominant. With the 11th pick in our fictional draft, I have the San Antonio Spurs taking Jalen Smith. He's out of Maryland. We know they're obviously in the talks with moving on from LaMarcus Aldridge. They have DeJounte Murray, who to me is their point guard of the future. He's their best player for the future. They have uh, Lonnie Lonnie Walker, who is kind of their... Jumps high. Jumps high. Well, to me, he's also their shooting guard of the future. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a well-rounded dude. I like uh, Derek also White. Out. I like Derek White a lot. Yeah, but he's kind of he, he feels White. like a six-seventh man on like a really right. good team to me. Yes, I agree with that a lot. A future Danny Green. And I think Jalen Smith just gives them a big to maneuver mm-hmm. with. I don't know how I feel about Jalen Smith as a prospect. I can't say I watched too much Maryland I, basketball last it's year. It's weird. I'm actually a big Jalen Smith guy. I actually I think I did. Time. I think I did go to a Badger Maryland game last year and was pretty impressed by him. But like. You know, the Badgers suck, so it's, <laughs> I'm going to get yelled at for that. Um, okay, moving on? Yes. At number 12, um, I don't know much about this prospect, but I have the Kings selecting Devin Vassell out of Florida State. Uh, he's a shooting guard. He's 6'7", athletic, can shoot, shoot the ball pretty well, and I think they're going to trade... One or both of Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Probably. So I feel like it's really important. Crossing they, my fingers, Bucks. Yeah. Land Bogdan. I feel like it's a really important, you know, they need a shooting guard on the roster. Yeah. So I feel like that just makes sense to me. Um, again, don't know too much about him as a prospect, but I saw he was shooting his way up draft boards throughout the offseason. So I like, I like that. Yeah. That's all I can say. Fair. The 13th pick in our fictional draft. I have the New Orleans Pelicans selecting a Frenchman 
Another mm-hmm. Frenchman, the second mm-hmm. Frenchman to go. Theo Malton, point guard. Who I also like. I like the Frenchies this year. <laughs> Frenchies. <laughs> um, anyway, so obviously Lonzo is their guard of the future, hopefully. But there is talks that he might ask for a lot of money. So Which I, I could see. So I don't know if they're going to be on the same page as far as Lonzo's value, especially maybe if they pick up this Theo Melvin point guard. 6'5", 185, mm-hmm. bigger dude, young, 19 years old only. So, I mean, can 6'5", you can build out a pretty nice uh, NBA frame in there. Plus, he's played overseas, which we've, we're kind of learning is better yeah, comp than we better. ever really yeah. thought. Uh, so I just think that they're going to – because we know Drew Holiday – is kind of a question mark, probably out. I swear he's been a question mark for in the trade. Uh, for years. It's been trade, like four yeah. years now. Ever since AD was on the block, Drew Holiday's been on That's the block. That's true. I'd say even before Drew yeah, Holiday was. Maybe. I mean, he's always been, uh, his name has been sh- shot around the league. But So I think they just go Theo Malden just to kind of cover their bases with guards. Like I know that. you were considering this, but I, I did think you were going to end up going Cole Anthony because, yeah. because the Pelicans are... Probably the biggest hype beast team That's in the so NBA true. right now. That's like, so true. Lonzo, Josh Hart is a video game is a gamer. <laughs> right. Brandon Ingram, everybody thinks he's. I always forget about Brandon. I, I love Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Uh, and Zion, obviously. Um, wait a sec. You're forgetting about the single coolest player on the team. Jackson Hayes. Yes. Okay. I know he has a leg sleeve now, like a tattoo leg sleeve, and it oh, looks really? real <gasps> nice. You know what? I was. I actually... saw. I saw a highlight the other day of him practicing his uh, fake shots without like pump faking. I don't know that, and he was doing cool dunks off of those drives. So that's I got really. He's a cool about dunk. It. He's just cool at everything he does. Mm-hmm. They're a fun team. They are. And he's gonna Theo Melvin's gonna make them more fun. <laughs> at number fourteen, uh, Boston has Memphis's pick. Um, feels like Boston has a first round pick at least two every single year. Uh, this year I have them going for potential with Jaden McDaniels. Shout out to Colin Jordan. Um, Shout out. Washington power forward, he's 6'10", can shoot the ball. Washington's really bad, so it's like, you never really know. I liked know. some of his film this year. Yeah, oh, I he's a good late, prospect. So I watch a lot of West Coast college um, basketball normally. He's a good prospect. I mean, he was. I know he was a top 10 recruit coming out of high school, I want to say, and he committed there. And people go to die at Washington, though. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about that it. That is true. But Markel Fultz is on the come up. Maybe he'll be bad for a couple of years and then get good. Right, he's young enough. Who knows? Who, who else has come out of Washington recently? I know there's Isaiah Thomas. Yes. So. I thought there was one. Do more with recently. that what you'd like. <laughs> good for a few years. Bad for a few years. Great for, for a few. Yeah. Great for a few years. Okay. Good for a few years. Great for a few years. Bad for. A few bad years. ever since. But he said he's good now. He said that. Yeah. Coming out of his mouth. No one I'd else say. I'd say that's the most direct source you can get. Gosh. Fifteenth pick in our fictional draft, I have the Orlando Magic taking Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. He's a shooting guard. He's a little undersized at six three, but I look at the Magic roster. I don't. They're love tall it. everywhere. Yeah, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But they have Aaron Gordon, who I don't like. This is this another week we're going to talk about Aaron Gordon? No, we're going to graze right by him. And anyway, <laughs> they have um, who's their big center? Vucevic. They have Vucevic. I think you're referring to Mobamba. 
Okay, <laughs> I was going to get to him, but so yes, Vucevic obviously is their guy now. He tore the Bucks up this playoffs, actually. Putting he's, up insane He's numbers. a beast. I know. He's somebody I would love the Bucks to get. Yeah, actually, there were whispers There yeah, were whispers of that, too, and I didn't hate that. I heard this offseason, actually, uh, but hopefully that doesn't include Aaron Gordon. Next. Jonathan Isaac will be my most improved player for the third year in a row now right. when we get to those predictions. <laughs> so they, I think they run him at small forward, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Three, four. They kind of, and yeah. It's weird because they go like Isaac at the three, Gordon at the four, who's smaller than him. Right. I've always, at the I always five. hate when teams do that. Yeah, um, it doesn't so, make sense. So I think that I love Markel Fultz, actually. I, I hated him when he was at Philly and actually coming out of college. I didn't love him. But I really like him now in Orlando. I feel like he's kind of found his stride. It's hard not to cheer for the guy. I know. And I think that team has kind of bought into him being like a leader on that team, even yeah. at a really young age. He's a good defender. So I think you bring in Tyrese Maxey as just kind of another guard so it doesn't have to be Evan Fournier? And you, yeah. Question mark? Who just uh, actually today, right before we started, uh, accepted his $17 million player option. Yes, yeah, so you need to start pushing him out. Yeah, maybe pushing. trade him out. Maybe a deadline trade. Yeah, I like a deadline deal. Like maybe you play him a lot, yeah, and kind of build points. his value up, and then deal him to it. Yeah, there's always guys like that. Why not? Why not him? Someone like will he take can, a step. and he can get you a few wins in the first half of Tra- the season. Literally you know? trade him for a second round pick. It doesn't even matter. Just get some value for him at the deadline. I agree. I agree. I like that pick. At sixteen, I have the Portland Trailblazers selecting. Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. I love this pick. He makes a lot of sense. I don't. I'm, again, he's not one of those guys you just like think is going to become a beast or anything. But he's a good defender. He's an all-around great player. He's a nice three and D prospect. And listen, after what Divincenzo has given us mm-hmm. and what and Josh every, Hart gives, dude, everybody that comes out, of, who who's the guys in the Warriors? Um, I know it's. We know the names. We know they were all on that championship team. You and know I, it. You know it out there listening. You know who we're talking about. Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. They just churn Jaylen out solid. Jay players. Wright just churns out good NBA talent. Yeah, and I don't see Sadiq Bay being any different. Um, Portland will probably need a small forward because the Knicks are going to pay Melo $20 million. Right. Um, I don't know what else they're really losing. I think Hassan Whiteside's gone. Yeah. Not that that impacts this draft at all, but it, there's just not a lot of bigs in this draft after yeah. the top couple. That's true. Um, All right, let's go to 17. So at 17, again, movie reference for (laughs) any 17 again fans out there. Phenomenal movie. The Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves will be selecting Sadiq Bay. Oh, wait, Danny took it directly before I wanted to take him for them. So they're taking Precious Achua. Great pick for them. I don't like it nearly as much. Because I kind, I really wanted them to just get a lock of a smart, fundamental mm-hmm. player out of they Villanova. They would never. They would never. Meanwhile, I watched Memphis basketball last year. Precious Achu was a beast. Look, he's a beast, but it was kind of the opposite of like, it was kind of everyone relying on pure talent. Yeah. Whereas Villanova's just team, team, yeah. team. I think Timberwolves could use team, team, team right Yeah, now. true, true, I agree. But... It's hard but to they argue have talent. With, it's hard to talent. argue. <laughs> fair, fair. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> Uh, so I guess I'm gonna go with Precious Achua, just a physical freak, six nine forward. That yeah, who's the uh, Blazers power forward? The Blazers power. He's exactly like Precious Achua. Um, I can't think of his name. You're thinking about the guy out of North Carolina. Yes, 
They're the same player. Yeah. Either way, we don't remember his name. Maybe I'll insert it here. Probably not. Um, moving on to 18. The Dallas Mavericks will draft, and this is sad because Jalen Brunson, we were just talking about how great he is, um, but they're going to take Cole Anthony. I think having another scorer next to Luka, I, I know you need defense and all. I'm surprised Cole Anthony fell this far for yeah, us, honestly. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that he did because I think he's a great fit for that. Uh, maybe he's a nice bench player going forward for them. Like when Luka's out of the game, you bring Cole Anthony in at the one. And they, I think they're losing Seth Curry. I think they're sure. losing Seth Curry. I cannot sure. 100% confirm that, but I'm pretty sure he's leaving. He's going to get paid somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to yeah. be sad for that team. I, I like him, but I, he's not He's not worth whatever he gets this offseason. I, I will say I like me some stuff. Because people are going to overpay this offseason. Actually, I don't know if people are going to overpay this I think we're going to get some underpaid, actually, because I think owners are a little sketch about the salary cap situation yeah, going forward be. because of, obviously, how COVID you know, influenced revenue for different stadiums mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, 19. With the 19th pick, I have the Brooklyn Nets selecting Tyrell Terry, the point guard out of Stanford. Oh, I don't it's know Nazir Little. Him. It's Nazir Little. That's good, good. Yeah, they're the same player. Same player. Nazir Little presses a true. I don't know much about Tyrell Terry. I know he's been absolutely shooting up. Yeah. Because he's, uh, that, he's that kind of skinny white point. Well, I don't know if he's white. He's like lighter skin, though. Yes. Yeah, correct. and he's like 20 six, years old. Yeah. Um, put up 14 a game last year. Nothing for, crazy. 15 a game. Nothing 15 crazy. Game, sorry. Uh, solid shooter, solid point guard, just another depth guy for Brooklyn. They're probably going to lose. They're probably going to trade this pick, to be honest. If they we'll get okay. into what they might be trading for, which is sad. Yeah, but, but if if in theory they do have this pick, I think they probably just roll the dice on more depth because of. I mean, they're they have Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. so I don't think they go big. So maybe they just go guard. Yeah, I like it. They do I, need a backup because they they're going to trade. I think did when he's out. Okay. I don't think he should be necessarily. I think he could be a good complimentary piece, especially if they're not getting another superstar. Fair. But I think Dinwiddie's out, and maybe bringing in another smart guard off the bench is, you know, a nice little... Yeah, and I have a theory in NBA drafting. If if all else fails, take a guard. Take a, take a guard that you have the most faith in. A nice heady guard. Because a nice guard, a nice Rubio, a nice Josh Hart, someone like that can just really... They last really, forever. They last forever, and they can just raise the value of a team by so much. Especially your bench, like your second second team. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's so important for your second team to have good guard play. And on top of that, I feel like bigs, they can have revivals on good mm-hmm. teams. If teams are already good with guards and scoring... You can kind of just pull bigs. I mean, look at bigs Andrew Bogut. Bigs just catch lobs from point guard. Right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, like, look at Andrew Bogut. You know, maybe this is a bit extreme since it was the freaking Warriors that mm-hmm. he played for. But I don't know. I just feel like bigs you can tend to find easier than a really solid guard. I from agree. a smart school. I agree. Plus, it's the new NBA. New NBA, bigs baby. New NBA. <laughs> With the 20th and final pick in the Green Room inaugural mock draft, uh, the Miami Heat are going to pick Daniel Oturo out of Minnesota. Pretty versatile, athletic big guy. I thought he made sense as a backup for um, Bam Adebayo just because I think, and I think the Heat will for sure go big guy. I know we were also talking Vernon Carey at this spot. Okay. But I think Oturo makes sense 
Um, because when I watched that finals last year, it was just clear that they needed more size. Yeah. Um, Bam is a beast. Kelly Olynyk's not. Yeah. That's just the fact of the matter. Well, he he did play some big minutes for them. Oh, during he, this playoff. Yes, run. but he's but not I big enough it. to guard AD Dwight Howard. Fair. Yes, fair. Not many are, yeah. but that is fair. Um, one thing before we move on from the draft, I'm very surprised Nico Mannion didn't make it. I, I kept point. looking at, but look at all the point guards in this draft. That's true. It is a deep point and guard. And I think guy. he kind of might stink. I, yeah. He might be like one of those maybe heady guards that runs a second team for a while, yeah. but I don't think he ever cracks a starting I line. think a good comp is like a worse defender, better scoring deli. Like, so not same play style, but like that level where that, he yeah. can contribute to maybe a good if he team. Maybe if he makes a finals one day. Yeah. He's, he will. He'll at, show, Nico oh, yeah. Mannion will start an NBA finals. <laughs> one guy I was surprised because I'm not really high on him, so that's why I didn't pick him. Yeah. But I know he was. he's at the top of a lot of those big boards we yeah. were looking at. Uh, Josh Green out of Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A shooting guard. Yeah, I I actually thought I kind of comped his game to like Devin Booker in the couple of games mm-hmm. I watched. Like just a solid scorer on the wing. It has some nice length to him that kind of reminds me of Ingram. So yeah, that was another one. And I mean, I love RJ Hampton. Yeah. I think he's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And I, I think he's I gonna fall to a team that's gonna be very happy. The Bucks are drafted not too far after this. No <laughs> so sir. I would, and I wouldn't no hate getting sir. RJ Hampton on our <laughs> team. Okay. Um we're gonna move past our mock draft. Uh, let us know if you hate it or love it. We're, you're gonna hear it on. You're gonna see it on Wednesday. We'll see how accurate we are. We're gonna do an NFL one probably some somewhere. I say way maybe down right before the playoffs we give mock 1.0. <laughs> mock 1.0. So we're gonna have a couple additions. Oh yeah, I think okay, we should. Good. good. Um, I like that. Now we're gonna move on to NBA rumors. Okay. So I have these just in a list. So I'm just gonna go through kind of in order of what I have. Yeah. Number one on my list is Russell Westbrook trades. Fair. And here's the two teams I wrote down. We can obviously get more. Right. Um, but the two teams I have written down and have heard the most about is the Hornets and the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which are both Hornets teams, like you were talking about last week. Yeah. I think, honestly, if I had to dig down deep and really think of where he's going, I don't think it'd be either of these. Oh, uh, I, I might agree. I think there are smoke screens to get value out there so that... Uh, Maybe contenders think there's a little bit of a market. And I just don't really know what the Knicks can give up. I, like, probably Mitchell Robinson, which would be a good pickup for the Rockets, I think, especially if they're going to keep James Harden. Who was the Rockets' best young player? Ben McLemore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking today about, like, what Russ could go for right now. and which he's 32. Yeah, right, and his contract isn't getting better. So I was kind of thinking what they could get for him, and I was like, boy, they could kind of use everything long yeah, term because their team has been so win now for like well, the past five years. The past two decades, they've just been winning. <laughs> that's now. a fair point. That's a, the past three. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets are actually, they've, they've been in the mix a lot over their history in the NBA. So, you know, they're not one privy to rebuilds, one could mm-hmm. say. And but maybe Darryl this Morey could be. Is out, so, it's like, so maybe it's kind of a new yeah, thing. New also, Daryl Morey. Not the GM of Philly. Yeah, he, Philly is an enigma to me because yeah. it's second time we've used enigma in the past two weeks. Yes, I, I'll use it way more enigma. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> because cool. it's Doc Rivers head coach, Mike yeah. D'Antoni assistant coach. I forgot. Dan, no, D'Antoni is in Brooklyn. I'm a fool. D'Antoni's in Brooklyn, Are but you? they have 
Yeah, because he's with Steve now. Yeah, they okay. reunited. Okay. Which, by the way, so Steve Dan Tony's the head coach of that team. Yeah, Dan <laughs> Tony's the head coach. Come on, he just doesn't want to stand anymore. Where's Kenny Atkinson? I know he also took an uh, assistant role. I don't remember. Westgate, yeah. Whatever. I don't remember where Atkinson is. Um, but yeah, the the Sixers confuse me. And I do like their black jerseys. So way. Elton Brand is still their GM, I guess. And now, yeah, right. And and look, I love Elton Brand as a player, but like he's been. He's made some he doesn't build good teams that mesh together. Well, he is responsible for the Tobias Harris contract yeah. and the Al Horford contract, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, that he is... he didn't a thing. <laughs> Honestly, no. He just... His Matisse Thibault pick is good. I love Okay, that that's pick. fair. That's fair. He's solid. Kind of I, could be trade bait. I, I think he could be trade bait, but I also think he might be somebody you want to hold on to. Well... I love Matisse Thibault. Yeah, I think that... That's the problem with Daryl Morey coming in because if he's overseeing basketball operations, he's making Decisions. the other vote on this. Yeah. So it's like, like it is yeah, they're gonna completely be, 50-50. They're going to be going head-to-head constantly. It, in that maybe game. even Doc Rivers could be in on some of this because he's be, such a big... I think it'll be those three voting on things. And just two out of three. Yeah, whoever, <laughs> whoever gets it, gets it. Yeah. All right, I'm moving on. Well, we didn't actually answer the Russ question. So yeah. I, I like... The Hornets, because he's Jordan Brand. Yeah. And I think he puts the Hornets. And I also think Devontae Graham is a great get for the Rockets. A nice shooting point guard. I love Devontae Graham. That's true. That's More than, true. And if Russell Westbrook goes... Actually, either way, if it's Russell Westbrook or Devontae Graham, I'm buying their new city jersey, because it's the top, It's the best Just city the jersey. Just the court, too. Buzz yeah. City. It's the best court. It's, it's, the best, it's the best jersey. They might be revamping... Team. The Charlotte Hornets. I saw that jersey and I went, Charlotte might be bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is so true, though. That's, by the way, Danny messaged me within the last week and said, I forgot Devontae Graham exists. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point that Shut out. Up. <laughs> um, Knicks, they don't have anything to give up. We already no. talked about that. Right. Um, okay, wait, wait. Can I give mm-hmm. mine? Well, yeah, this is a wild ones. card, and I will also say I feel like I do this for every trade prospect sure. is I send them to the Pacers <laughs> because I feel like they're a star away if they can keep Oladipo yeah I don't think that I think Oladipo would be gone in a trade and honestly because that's my next thing that's actually a great segue okay. I'll make this into like the two okay. is Pacers drama is number two. Oh yeah because they've been beefing they but carry on with your rusted Pacers so hopefully Look, if they have to deal Oladipo or Brogdon, it's not the end of the world. You're getting Russell Westbrook, and he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Like, it, look, is he going to maybe hit the clutch three down the stretch? No. I think Brogdon would be, be a good partner for him, too. I think that'd be a great partner for him. Yeah. I think he would. He's just such a smart player, and he kind of accents everything that Russ isn't good at. Like, Russ kind of down the stretch can fall apart a little bit. Brogdon... I feel like is pretty great down the stretch. I don't necessarily have a stat about that, but he always kind of has he, a cool head. Yeah, he hit he a is. couple big shots for the Bucks I back in the day. I miss him kind of. Moderately. Moderately. He has injury yeah, problems. Yeah. Um, and he could shoot well. So I think that'd be a pretty good guy for uh, Russ to kick out to. Plus, Miles Turner. Always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the kind of building off that into the Pacers drama, there's a lot of Miles Turner rumors going around. Right. Oladipo apparently asked to join the Knicks, Raptors, and Heat. In front of his own teammates, which has he denied. A, I don't care what he denied. If <laughs> you don't care what he if it was, said publicly, I, dude. I, as a journalist, okay. I trust reporters. I trust most reporters. Okay. And that reporter, like after Depot 
denied it, came back and he was like, I reached out to you for two straight weeks asked, like telling you that I was going to publish this and you didn't say a word about it. Oh, now okay. you're denied. See, I didn't see that. So I trust so, journalists. Okay, I'm glad you did it. And also I saw it for years, not years, for like the past couple months, I've been seeing that video of Oladipo dapping up Jimmy Butler. <laughs> of course. And, I, and that was allegedly one of the times and I've always kind of looked at that and been like, yeah, I don't like, know about that. Oladipo to the heat just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if the Heat do it. I don't think there's... They, they have, have so many chips in their... Well, yeah, the corner. thing is, he is so... Like, I think he would take a lot to get, first of all, because the Pacers still can consider him a star when they're talking trade talks. Because they don't want to yeah. just give him up if he's a star. No, right. And the Heat, I don't think, would even be willing to give up, like, Hero plus another piece for that, that's, Because they love Hero. Exactly. And even, like, Duncan Robinson and mm-hmm. another piece would be kind of hard for a team that just went to the damn NBA Finals yeah. to give up. So, like, they are, I think, but I, I like what you said about the Pacers and the star, kind of labeling him a star Yeah, thing. it puts him in a tough position. I think if the Pacers, no, I think it could be okay, because if the Pacers spin that, like, if they're, say they go for a Westbrook, and they make it public that they're going for a Westbrook, maybe teams start going, wow, the Pacers think are seeing that Oladipo, Oladipo could maybe. be a two mm-hmm. on a team that goes far, especially with the depth they have. Uh, who's that big guy they have? I kind of forget. Well, he's kind of new. Demontis? No, not Sabonis. Um, oh. They have another. Another Euro guy? Yeah. I know his name. I know his name. I was hyping him up last year. I don't remember his name. <laughs> you don't remember his name. Are you um, Googling it? No, look it up. Look it up for me. Fine, 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 just, fine, 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 fine. just let me finish my take. Um, so if they can kind of label. Goga Batadze. Goga Batadze. I didn't even have to look it up. <laughs> he did look it up. He did look it up. I did. Okay, um, but anyway, so they can kind of build around that team and label him a star. But maybe just by saying you're going for Russ, teams are like, "Dang, they like Oladipo." Mm-hmm. Now we like Oladipo, and yeah, they like, run for him. And I do think I think the price tag on Russ is going to be pretty high, even though he's publicly asked for a trade quotation marks because that just kind of came out, and I don't know for sure if it's Russ or if it's somewhere true. in the organizations kind of like pushing that. That's true. Um, I think what. What worries me, it or what worries me about like his trade value if I'm getting him is he that he gave up Chris Paul and two firsts last year for him. Very true, very true. Um, but I mean, he is a 25, 10, and eight pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, so no matter what team he's on. Right, and that's that value is hard to tone down no matter how mm-hmm. bad you shoot in the clutch. All right, I'm going on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, and you will all have heard about this, but Dennis Schroeder <sighs> has been. Allegedly traded to the Lakers at this point. I'm assuming it'll be through by the time we pod- by the time this podcast comes out. Correct. Um, I'm sad. Big and yeah. I'm, I'm very sad. sad. Jinx. Uh, I wanted him on the Bucks. He was one of my favorite targets for us just because he's a good shooter. He drives to the rim, but he's like more silky with it. That's yeah, the only way. Very I can, smooth. It's the only very way I can smooth. say that. Um, and I'm just pissed that the Lakers have him. I know. Because he's a great get for them. And they're, He's perfect. For they're them. just going to love him there, and he's been so under the radar for all these years. So I am happy he'll get that national attention. I actually but... saw a tweet today that was from, I think I don't know if it was a Bleacher Report, but a Bleacher Report type NBA account okay. that said, uh, Dennis Schroeder been smooth with it, and it was him doing a nice behind the back like toward the rim. And... And then there was people quoting it saying, you didn't give him any love That's while he so was in true. OKC. And I was like, Atlanta. he gets traded tonight, and now you just want to like be all in his dick. So I don't know. I, humble brag, got to sit courtside 
for a couple of Is that the Paul games. Millsap game? Um, I don't know what you're Maybe it was Ellen as Brand Paul Millsap who game. kicked you out of the yes. seat. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was the Ellen Brand game. But anyway, so we were playing the Atlanta Hawks and we were much better than them, I believe. Or actually, it no, might they have been were, a little They were definitely better. I think they were definitely better than us. They still had butt. And Giannis was young. Yeah, that's true. That is true. This is a little older than I remember, than what I was remembering. But I remember, I'm just seeing this German guy absolutely torch us mm-hmm. with a little blonde spot in his hair. And I'm like, I like this fella. What's his name? Dennis Schroeder. And that is the day it locked into my brain that he was an absolute stud. The Oklahoma City now own 15 first-round picks over the next six years. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a crazy number. Not much right. I could say about yeah. that. Just absurd. Next piece of news, Drew Holiday. Um, yeah. Allegedly, well, the Nuggets are allegedly trading up, trying to trade up for a top 10 pick so that they can trade for Drew Holiday. Am I tripping or... So I'm trying to... Because I don't know what's going on with my brain right now. I'm trying to bring him to the Pacers as well. <laughs> I like that. And am I just not remembering something correctly or do they not have two holidays already don't they, they have, have the two brothers his yeah. two brothers yeah they do so they would get all three holidays and one team that's that's a playoff i've got a big grin on my face <laughs> <laughs> for those for those of you not in this room dan has a grinch like smile <laughs> on his face thinking about I uniting the holidays i love that it's, happy it's holidays i have oh, we're Baiting that or marketing department. For, dude, if the Pacers don't have a Christmas game Happy with holidays. three holidays on their team, like you give a shirt out to everyone in the crowd with like all three. We holidays. sell we sell shirts. We okay. Oh, we also, need to get on shirts. Um, after we get through the NBA segment, I have a merch idea. Okay. Uh, what actually I'll do it when we get to track game because it okay, relates track to track game. game. Um, okay. Next thing is let me look at this list. DeRozan, so I have DeRozan and Aldridge together in one. Yeah. The the team I've been seeing a decent amount for uh, DeRozan is the Hawks, which I like. He gives them a I nice veteran like experience. Yeah, I do like that. He's a like good that. player. I think he pushes them to like a five or six seed, <laughs> five or six seed in the East. That's without thinking. That's about high. It. Without I know it is. That's high. But Trey Young's gonna have a year. I mean, the Nets, the Raptors, the Celtics, mm-hmm. the Bucks, Philly. Pacers, my heat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. It's it's a it's a bit high, but I mean they're good enough. Seven eighteen. Two years, <laughs> two years away. Then they're gonna be the really Hawks fun. are two years away, and I think DeRozan, if anything, would just speed up that process. He honestly, would. I mean, because you probably get DeRozan and some other small piece for that six pick. True. Um, and that Wait, actually, it would it couldn't be white, could it? With that, I, actually, I saw that. I saw that. that would, I like that a lot. That tickles my fancy a little bit. I'm a nice backup point guard for Trey. Yeah, I like this a lot. Actually, um, I'm all over. So this. now I'm gonna move on to Lamarcus Aldridge. We might be pro Hawks. Should we be pro Hawks? I think we should be pro. Hawks. Can we be pro like southeast? Southeast. Southeast teams. <laughs> Does that? Yeah, because I like the Magic. I like Charlotte. Like Carolina. Yeah. Um, I don't. Like, oh, well, the Heat. I, so South I so North it. Carolina through Georgia. But a little bit. But Orlando. We get Orlando, yeah. but not a Miami. Yeah, sure, sure. There's a cutoff in sure. Florida. It's a little big. I like that. Um, we like okay. Memphis. They're that, southeast. Yeah, that actually is close. Yeah, we like Memphis. We're was, southeast. Dude, I'm thinking, yeah, I know. I'm thinking, yeah, we're a southeast podcast. We're a southeast podcast. <laughs> I like that. Um, 
<laughs> now Lamar can Anyway. Um, I think the Warriors are a good fit. And here's my trade. Okay. We finally get Andrew Wiggins to the Spurs. Okay. I When you say and this we is risky for you, bucks, by the way. But anyway. this is it's risky, risky for, for me. You know why it's risky for you? No. Wiggins Parker, and the Spurs, did you say? I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay. Parker and recurring guest Colin Jordan. Okay. Have a bet going back to, oh boy, I want to yeah. say, eighth grade or freshman year now. Yes, I believe so. That believe Andrew eight. Wiggins would be yeah. would win a Defensive Player of the Year over his career. And Colin mm-hmm. has been saying if he gets to the Spurs, it's going to happen. Yeah, he has. Um, do you have the name that you were going to? I know something with Batman. The name I was going to. It was, okay, so the bet was for Colin's firstborn's middle name, I believe. Oh, I don't remember what I was going to go with. Colin will remember it. Next I, time yeah, I don't remember what I was going to go with, but I'm, so, I'm excited. So the Spurs in this tra- in this trade would take on Wiggins' contract. Colin, Obi Toppin, Jordan Jr. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the Spurs would take on Wiggins' contract and get the number two pick, Yeah, which would be awesome. The Spurs I like that, the Spurs that like pick. revamping the, quickly. The Warriors would get Aldridge and we'll say White. Okay. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because Clay's still hurt. you got to give him some time off. True. That's true. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I do think Aldridge stinks. I agree, but I think he, he could work with the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I it's know. hard not. I think we could yeah. work with the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. DH, but if, we, if it was us out there, like, on each other's shoulders as one player, we'd be a solid player for the I Warriors. Th- the Warriors would be a seven seed. If, 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 if we were us, out there on each other's if shoulders. If we played 20 minutes a game with, with maybe a trench 10, coat on, so maybe, nobody would Yeah, know. we have a trench coat on, and we flip off every 10 minutes for who's on whose mm-hmm. shoulders. A couple dunks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we might not be able to dunk. I don't know. <laughs> We'd be like eight feet tall. I'm trying I, to don't, do the math. I don't know. I don't think we could jump. We're um, getting blocked. <laughs> okay. Next, I have James Harden. Yeah. So, news is coming out that James Harden is getting more and more uneasy about the way the Rockets are going. It's chaos there. Which I agree. I wouldn't want to be there if I'm James Harden. You're an MVP candidate. You don't want to be on a team with a new GM, new head coach, new everything, and everything's changing except for you. As of right now, why do you want to be there? Yeah. So what we're hearing is that he's going to end up going to the Nets, who who could offer a great package, I believe. I still don't think this is going to happen, by the way. I I've been seeing jersey edits. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of I've course. been seeing jersey edits. I think I could actually say like see him going to a Denver. <laughs> I could see him going to Denver before I see that him going to Brooklyn. That would be very cool. I I'm assuming Jamal Murray would be in that team. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Does that get it done? Yeah. Strong. Oh, I think that Especially after this that year. That damn that's a lot. But I yeah, yeah that's probably straight up enough. Or maybe like a him like Jamal Murray and sign and trade Jeremiah Grant or That's something like that. That's straight up enough to be honest. Yeah. Because if you think highly enough of Michael Burr for James Harden and Jamal, <laughs> <laughs> decline on the Nuggets part. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Easy decline. But I just think Harden would see that team as a team he could get more touches on, be a little more ball dominant. I think he on. would love that with. Jokic. And maybe he wouldn't love the Denver nightlife, whatever, but maybe he's <laughs> progressed sure he to a point where he wants to. I'm sure James Harden Yeah, yeah probably. And you're on the road half the time anyways, and then you're in the offseason, so and true. you can go live in L.A. He's in Cancun or something. Anyway. Yeah, what does it matter? 
That's true. So I, I kind of like the Nuggets as a quiet dark horse still. Here's my Nets trade uh, for him. It's yeah. Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, yeah. um, Karis LeVert, and this first-round pick this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe... And a, you keep Russ there, and they're a playoff team. Maybe. Not yeah, probably, probably I, not. I don't hate that team, though. Because that team still has Covington and P.J. Tucker... Mm-hmm. That's not a bad team. Ben McLemore? I don't know why I keep talking about him today. Stop. No. <laughs> he's still waiting for his challenge. Rest in peace, Kobe. He will oh, never yeah. get it. But he's still <laughs> yeah. waiting for his challenge and will now never receive it, unfortunately. Okay, next I'm going to that Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and honestly, more on Ben McLemore's part. I'm sorry. My next is Chris Paul. Okay. Um, who? So here's the three teams I wrote down were Suns, Knicks, and Bucks. Because yeah. the Suns we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, Bucks are just my dream. Knicks are just because they're the Knicks, and I threw them on there. Yeah. Now I have a fourth team written down. Okay. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. They keep him. <laughs> yeah. I because mean, he has he's on a big contract anyways. You already true. have 15 first round picks. And Schroeder's gone. The next six years, you don't have Schroeder. Get somebody and let Chris Paul keep developing that talent. Sure. Shea, we know Shea Shea another year under Chris Paul? Dude, he'll learn so much. Chris Paul might have two years left on his deal. I don't know. There's been two years left on that deal for (laughs) 15 years, I swear. I can only assume he has a player option on that thing. Yeah, I I mean, realistically, if I'm objective, I think he should stay in OKC, and I think OKC should keep him. Wait, they don't have Donovan anymore. No. Who's their head coach? Who's their head coach? Also, Daniel, uh, uh, while you're looking that up, I'll mention that Danilo Gallinari is out of town, and it's not even going to be Very a true. thought process. He's going to either go to the Lakers or the Clippers on $5 million a year, DeMarcus Cousins-esque. The Oklahoma City Thunders head coach is Mark Denault. Denault? They fired Billy Their former Donovan? G League coach. Why did they? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That's, That's very interesting. But Billy Donovan was such a good head coach. I know. For them. I know. How could how could Did they he, tear he this didn't team step apart? down, right? He didn't step no, down. Yeah, no. Yeah. I thought he got They fired. canned him. I think he was shocked too and kind of sad. I don't blame him. Well, he should be that sad. That was in Chicago, right? That, he had such a fun, like sure. He had a fun little three guard system going on that was working wonders. I mean, he was just completely outplaying teams that were much better than them. He was a coach of the year candidate. True. I know he was top five. I don't know about. Did I say Landon Donovan? By the way. No, you said Billy. I did. You, I think you just said Donovan. Okay. Because um, I get them mixed up often. I get their names mixed up very often. Okay, and this is my last bit of NBA news. Yes, Bulls. By the way. Okay. Billy Donovan is the Bulls head coach. That's going to be super fun. God, I um, love them now. Are I don't hate Russell Westbrook through? to the Bulls. Oh. You as long as they don't give up Zach Levine. So, which they probably would have to, but, but. I don't. I kind of love Kobe White. Oh, just I love getting Kobe free White too. Rain. But, but if he goes to Houston, him and Wendell Carter in a pick for not number four, but a future pick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. God. And the then NBA, they can pick up. Then they can pick another guard and run that Billy Donovan three guard system. They should. Each team should allow their fans to just draw up one trade or move they mm-hmm. make a year, and if the if it works right, it has to happen. As long as the other side agrees with I like it. That. Like a kind of a fan thing. Though. My last bit of NBA news. You know what this is. 
Nick Batum is making $27 million on the Hornets this year. I thought that contract ended seven <laughs> years ago. No, and the the thing that is, was a Bulls contract. Oh no, that was a that was af, right after the Bulls. It was. It was that year that everybody got paid. I believe twenty sixteen. This contract sure. was signed. Sure. I think it was a four year, hundred something million. It was bad. Three months into twenty seventeen. Well, like, yeah, because the second he stepped foot on a Charlotte court, he looked elderly. Yeah. He started losing hair. He was. Yeah. We we're talking about a lot of Frenchmen today. Yeah, we're we're very pro the French. We're anti-French right now. Well, okay. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we hate, yes, this contract. But we're, we're happy when people get paid yeah, when they don't deserve it. I, I'm all for that. But $27 million. I mean, for reference, Eric Bledsoe's making 17 mm-hmm. So Nick Batum's making 10 mil more than an, a second-team all-defense point guard who, I mean, we want to move. Chandler Parsons game. Wow. Yeah, that's a great comp. That's an excellent comp. Thank you. Not uh, poll for this week. Who has the worst contract ever, or who has the worst contract? Batum or Chandler Parsons? That's tight. That's tight because Parsons. I think we can like find a couple other contracts to throw in there. Probably. Yeah, let's let's do because there were a few that year that were real bad. Mirza Toledovic, three years. Mirza Toledovic. Yeah, played but one season. Ten million a year isn't like crazy. Had an eye issue. Um, who did the Lakers sign that year? Timothy Mozgov. The Lakers oh, signed yeah. Timothy Mozgov to like a three-year. Forty-five yeah. million dollars. He was like paid that. that year. I know that. I thought they were still paying that last year when they tried or when they tried to get LeBron. Yeah. They were still. They had to like figure out Mozgov's deal to get <laughs> right. LeBron. Yeah. Could you imagine? Figure Are we ready for Mos- NFL? Mozgov was in the limelight for a little too much in the NBA at one point. He was because he was on those Cavs teams with LeBron. Yeah. And that's what that's what he got paid for. Right. Exactly. LeBron's LeBron's made a lot of people rich. True. Very true. All right. NFL time. Sure. Category time. Yeah. What's your category? You go first and announce your category. Are we alternating this week? Uh, yeah, let's alternate. So, my category has nothing to do with the NFL. Yeah. My category, I'm watching a game. I'm watching these NFL refs. I like some. I don't like others. And I thought, which officials in sports do I like the most? And do I mm-hmm. think do the most? Versus which do the least, I think. Okay. Are the least valuable. And this is, I know, I think I kind of know where you're going here, but this is the sport in general. Right, it's the overall sport, and then I'm going to pick my favorite from that sport specifically. Oh, I like that. So I kind of want, I'll give you a little insight into who I like. Are you going in an order from, like, best to worst? So I'm doing my top five. Now that's most of them, most major sports, I suppose. So five obviously being the one I like the least, and my one which I'll reveal last. Okay. Um, anyway, so number five is the NFL officials. Uh, yeah. I think, look, they're fine. They're fine for the most part. They're wildly inconsistent. At least normally they're kind of inconsistent as a cohesive unit. Like usually there's just bad overall weeks mm-hmm. in refing, and then there's good weeks. You know, there's usually not like a couple good games here, a couple bad. It's usually just one cohesive unit. And the NFL changes their rules so damn often it's hard for them to keep up to some of this shit, honestly. It's hard for me to keep up to it. Now, I know it's their job, but geez. Um, my favorite NFL rep of all time is none other than C- now CBS analyst, instant replay analyst, Gene Steratore. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping you'd say Gene Also Steratore. an NBA ref, first of all. So, I mean, the guy played two sports. 
The guy's he's Deion Sanders. He's Bo Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's Deion. He's he's in the he's up there with the likeness of Deion, aka Prime Time and Bo. Gene Steratore's most famous moment ever, Sunday Night Football game. Don't quote me on the teams. I believe it was Cowboys Eagles. He's trying to figure out if this ball's a first down. Pulls out a note card. To, because it's so close. I remember that. And he, he sticks it. He between. sticks it between. Which, by the way, <laughs> I feel do like anything. I feel like that doesn't do anything because it could just shift, and it, you would still think. Because I feel like if you're trying to fit it in between, you can fit a note card in between also, just about anything. Also, note cards. I feel like most note cards aren't completely straight. Like some have a little bend in them. Yeah, naturally. especially if it's in your pocket all right. day. Like you're running around on the NFL. It has field. to be pretty damn fresh. And I he had a fresh. <laughs> there's no way. Imagine he had a, if he had a fresh note card like just ripped on over the package. It was like in his sleeve, so <laughs> he had it ready for that whole time. Um, but anyway, so he puts it down, and obviously, uh, it's a fir- He gives them the first down, and before he gives the first down sign, he gives out a little sheepish smile, <laughs> and then signals the first down. Definitely the funniest thing. That's the most he's ever laughed in his life. I guarantee. <laughs> just gives a little little smile. He didn't wink, but I'm going to pretend he winked and then gave, like, a finger gun first it wasn't, down. Here's, here's what it was. It wasn't an actual wink. It was he had something in his eye, <laughs> and he played it off as a wink. Yeah. And then gave the first okay. down. I, I'm okay with that. Um, okay, my category this week is five guys who impressed me the road. <clears throat> <laughs> five guys who impressed me the most this week around the NFL. I love this one. Um, I really do love I this kind one. Of Considering have, I didn't really touch on football, I'm glad I, I get a few, like, like you know, standouts. Um, right. And this isn't really in order. I just kind of, This is more in order of when I saw them. I was writing them down as I did it. Okay. Um, number one is Naheem Hines. Love Naheem Hines. He's unbelievable. And he's... T- he's I have a freakish as a, athlete. As a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner, I'm very scared that Naheem Hines is the number one in Indianapolis right now. He had, this week... 12 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. And you're like, ah. Nah. He also had five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. And right. I can't confirm this, but I'm sure he did a backflip. I also can't confirm. I didn't see one. I can only assume he did. But he did two the last game. So yeah, basically, so kinda, he's kinda, averaging one a game. Um, another guy in this game I was really impressed by was Michael Pittman. Oh, yeah. Seven catches, 100 yards. Is this a part of the list, or are you... No, I'm just, like, with each guy, I'll kind of, like, touch on guys in the game, you know? Side note, as a Badger fan, like you are also, a Badger football fan, Badger football fan, I'm kind of sad seeing Marlon Mack dominate behind the Colts O-line, Naheem Hines dominate behind the Colts O-line, and Taylor's not. Really. What happens every single week is Jonathan Taylor fumbles in the first quarter, and then they just give <laughs> the ball to Naheem Hines. Every single, even Jordan Wilkins, Jordan gets, Wilkins. gets playing time over yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Jordan Wilkins. He had a better game this week. I got the stats right here. Um, Jordan Wilkins had eight carries for twenty-eight yards. Jonathan Taylor had seven for twelve. Holy shit! Seven for twelve, dude. And I, th- I, it's bad. I drafted him in like this fifth round this year, yeah. and I still think that was a good. And that's pick. a value pick. Technically, um, it was at the time, I thought. Yeah, I thought I got him at a great spot, and he has just not showed up. I don't know if it's something with, like, and it can't be I'm, the offensive line. I'm telling, you, offensive line is I'm telling you, it's these Badgers O-lines are so good they make people against Big Ten competition that they open these holes up. And it's harder in the NFL when the holes are a little smaller for mm-hmm. some of these backs to get going. 
i.e. Monty Ball, i.e. Ron Dane. While we're talking Wisconsin football, Michigan is the worst team in the Big Ten. Rest we don't talk to too tonight. much. We, we don't talk too much college football. No, um, I don't know a ton about it. I just um, but I do know it. that the fullback of the Badgers outran the entire Michigan team this week. <laughs> he had sixty-seven oh, rushing yards, and I don't think he had a carry until like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I thought Harbaugh <laughs> deserved to finish out the year no, before you be- said that, and now I think he should get fired. After I one hundred percent believe he should be fired, but. He has a $10 million buyout. What? I did not know that. And in trying times around college football, I can't imagine Michigan's going to fire him. Because they can write this off as pandemic. Pandemic year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they can be like, the big house wasn't full. Right. Uh, My fourth selection is Joey Crawford from the NBA. Yeah. A longtime NBA rep. I believe he did... Oh, yeah, he refed 50 NBA Finals games in his career, which I thought was very impressive. Uh, Crazy stat about Joey Crawford. He was ejected, or I'm sorry, he was suspended for the remainder of the 06-07 season for ejecting Tim Duncan while he was sitting on the bench. (laughs) He gave him two technicals while Duncan was sitting on the bench. Tim Duncan also went as him for Halloween. Really? It was either Tim Duncan or Tony Parker, but they were together. They were like the crew from that year. I'm going to find it really quick to show you. But anyway, so he ejects uh, Tim Duncan from the bench. Tim Duncan said that Joey Crawford told him, do you want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> so you can see why he does these aggressive block calls and charge calls, I suppose, because he's got a lot of rage built up inside of him. He actually saw a sports psychologist about it, so good to hear. And he's, he's still a ref? No, not a ref anymore. Finally. Oh, well, still continue to be a ref. <laughs> oh, yes, for many more years. For, yeah, for about 10 more years. So Okay, um, actually, neither of them were Joey Crawford themselves. Okay. They were muggers oh. pointing guns at a Joey Crawford costume. That's actually, <laughs> yeah, that's, very, very that's a lot more Tony violent. Parker has an eye patch. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I feel like all those Spurs guys have a weird sense of humor. I agree. Remember that video of them like putting a cup under Tim Duncan? Like Manu puts a cup under Tim Duncan. Oh, yeah, and they all just geek. And they all just start dying laughing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what? That's kind of messed up. Tim Duncan has had a few interviews about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, am I up with my second guy who impressed me this week? Or are you going to go keep going? Well, real quick, just one more thing about Joey Crawford. Again, I, I actually feel bad because I didn't, I didn't give much about his actual refing ability mm-hmm. other than his blocks and charges but he was just an enticer he also got in trouble for filing false tax returns back in the er- <laughs> apparently back in the early 90s so get this stern stern suspends him for the 98-99 season but there's a lockout Whoa. so he never served a game of it that's funny isn't that hell. insane so he's, he has a very sketch pass by the way i guess he was just writing off flights like i guess uh, I don't know exactly the specifics, but he was writing off uh, flights on his tax returns that maybe never that never fair, were though. for NBA purposes. Oh, they weren't for well, NBA Well, I, I don't okay. think the ones... Some of them, I don't think some of them were. Yeah. Okay, so my second guy that impressed me this week was Ronald Jones. Rojo. Rojo Jojo. Um, I know, so he had 23 carries, 192 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, a bulk of that came right, on his 98-yard right. touchdown. Fourth player in NFL history to have a 98-plus-yard touchdown. 
Only four? Yeah. Well, rushing. Oh. Okay. Rushing. So there, I, I'm sure there's been more. Welker had one. On I, I'm guessing football. there's probably... I'm going to put a number at six okay. for receiving. Okay. Um, I really thought Leonard Fournette was going to come in there and compete for that spot. Yeah. And man. it just never really happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of respect, I guess, what Bruce Arians is doing, which is just kind of tossing shit mm-hmm. at a wall, a bunch of talent, and just hoping it works. Um, I don't know exactly. I was also really impressed by their receiving core this week. Obviously, I should be impressed by their receiving core every single week. But Godwin had 6 for 92, Mike Evans had 6 for 77 and a touchdown, and Antonio Brown had six for, or 7 for 69, Gronk had 2 for 51 and a touchdown, and Cameron Braid had 3 for 31 and a touchdown. Just all around, they had a great day. And Tom Brady obviously reaped the benefits of that. Right. My third selection uh, for ranking best sports officials is MLB. Uh, I, don't, I don't know much about it, but I specifically I love... behind the plate. Yes, that's what I was behind the plate is that I feel like it's the best part about the behind the plate ump is that it's such an important part of important pictures of baseball games. You know, bottom of nine. It might be the most important person in every baseball game. Well, true. I, the, I would argue the he's the most valuable of any yeah. of the rep, of the officials in any sport oh, because he is a part of every single play. Mm-hmm. Literally, the outcome of the game. I mean, and a, calls at the plate, like the points themselves, right. safe or out. <laughs> right, exactly. So not only is he doing that, but he's calling. I mean, over two hundred pitches a game. Mm-hmm. You know. And especially in something that's so subjective to each person, you know, I think that's a strike. Have you, I think have you refed or have you umpired behind no, the plate? No, I've never done baseball. I've done it. I did behind the plate once. How was that? The hardest thing I've ever done. It was it was yeah. little league baseball, but right. like the parents are right behind you. That's another screaming thing too. at your face, yelling at each other. Yeah. The kids, they're mad. Because yeah. they're kids. You're bent over a little bit. Yeah, it, your back aches. You get hit by a ball every once in a while. It's, it's really just, not it's, great. No, it's a terrible job. They're you get paid the, the same as the first base umpire. <laughs> they're also the only umps that get hit and get injured, I feel like. Uh, well, and I felt refs have something to say about yeah, that. Yeah, okay, I guess that's true. But I feel like they're a little... Like, they can avoid things, yeah. and they're pretty good yeah. at it. Same with NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can kind of avoid things. NHL, not on here, by the way. Uh, no offense to NHL, but... I will say they're pretty impressive how fast they skate. Yeah, NHL true. Refs. True. So they might have just that to aspect say about this gives season. them something. But anyway, yeah. you're um, my the third player that impressed me this week, and I think he also impressed you because you talked about it. Um, DeAndre Swift. Yes. The Very man true. looked like the best running back on the Lions for the first time of the year. He I'd looked say. faster um, than normal. He had 16 carries, 81 yards, and that which didn't sound great. And then I looked at his receiving yards. He had five for 68 and a touchdown. Gosh, just, just a solid all around day. a great day. Yeah, um, really helped out my Lions pick for the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, something that Andy pointed out this week was the Marvins. Marvin Jones had eight for ninety six and a touchdown. Marvin Hall caught a big touchdown early uh, in the game. Who we thought was Marvin Jones at the time. <laughs> we did that. We did. But, yeah. So the Lions actually, as a whole, impressed me. I think they're going to be. They did almost blow it. They did. But they didn't. <laughs> so Alex Smith. Not quite comeback player of the year yet. He needs one win. I think so. I think he gets one and he's locked it up. Because Big Ben is on the come He threw the ball 55 times today. That's just... See, I hate that. Why? What are you doing, Riverboat Run I know they were down, but it's like, put in Dwayne Haskins. 
Haskins, man. If you're going to throw the ball 55 times, Alex Smith's arm can't hit. You can't push off his leg 55 times. You know what hit your limit is with Alex Smith in this case in his life. At this stage, you know what you're getting with Alex Smith. Haskins, Haskins had no chance. Anyway, yeah. you know that's a grape mm-hmm. that hits deep down in my soul. I do. Is it my turn? Yeah. Number two, I have soccer. Uh, this is maybe unexpected because That's we don't tough. talk a ton of soccer. Oh, we both love soccer, I think. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Premier League. Uh, it's mostly of what I watch. I watch a lot of Champions League. Big Bayern Munich guy. Uh, but my, the thing that impresses me most about soccer is that they are moving nonstop throughout the game. Mm-hmm. and It's like hockey, but not on ice in a bigger field. And soccer, <laughs> their <laughs> fans are obviously a bit more extreme than Several of the yeah. If you if you make a bad call at a home stadium, oh, the fans might kill you. Death threats. Like, I am. I'll like watch a game and they'll make a call that like obviously favors the home team, and I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, <I would laughs> that makes insane. sense. Uh, there's if, not many other sports that do that. Right, I don't think there's any really. Right. Exactly. Like even MLB, like just a storied pastime of America, they're not even going to get on their ref like mm-hmm. that, like that. And NFL, hard, you hardly even know the ref's name half the time yeah. unless you watch like a ton of games. But uh, my my favorite soccer ref, many of you... I don't know you, any soccer refs. Many, so many don't. Uh, it's Mike Dean because he's the only one I've heard of that is super controversial and obviously... That's fun. Yeah, look, yeah, I'm a big controversy guy and that's what most of this list has been. <laughs> uh, Arsenal... When Mike Dean, I'm sorry, when Mike Dean is refing Arsenal soccer games, when Mike Dean is refing Arsenal matches, they win 24% of the time. Damn. I want you to think about that. He doesn't just ref the big games or something? Well, <laughs> you, I don't know that, to be honest. Yeah, I just saw like this stat. Extremely low number. Uh, so, yeah, Mike Dean is my favorite. Uh, I kind of butchered that stat. We'll edit it around. I'm sure it'll work out. We'll juke and jive. Maybe add some music over the... the Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. I I don't not like that. It's because I don't do soccer much, okay? I don't do soccer. This is why I don't do soccer. I'm done with it. (laughs) Okay. My fourth person that I was very impressed with this weekend, um, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley had 11 catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. One of his catches was an unbelievable one-handed catch for a first down. I know. It was crazy. That Actually, I didn't see it in the red zone top five plays of the day, and I was kind of disappointed. Because yeah. it was a big first down. It was a third down, too. I, I know. Uh, it might have been... It might have even been fourth. Quietly, yeah. it might have been fourth down. Stephon Diggs also had a massive day, um, which the Bills are good. I was... <laughs> I'm going to... You'll see who's my fifth person that I was impressed with this oh, week. It shouldn't be a surprise. Interesting. Um, so you go with your... My last one, my favorite ref, and the ref I think is most valuable in all of sports, is Mike Dean of the UFC. And this is a really... And I just said Mike Dean, it's Herb Dean. I just said Mike Dean, it's Herb, Herb Dean, so obviously I'm still rattled from the soccer pick. But... Herb Dean, I want him to speak at my eulogy. I've never met the man, but I've long said that I trust him enough. What he's doing when two barbarians are trying to rip each other apart, he could just stay calm and collected, control the fight. 
he's there's a lot of refs. Me and Danny watch a lot of UFC. I'd say mm-hmm. compared to the most the the average. Well, person. we watched the entire card this week. And right, it was a yes. shit card. But it was a great card. Right. Like, even the shit cards are great cards, which is why the UFC is so awesome. But Herb Dean was, of course, doing a couple of games, which I found out he makes, like, 10 to 20 grand per fight. Per fight? And yes. He, fights, he does, like, I think they normally do, it's normally, like, nine fight Like, cards he takes some ish. weekends off. It's normally, like, nine fight cards, and he gets three of those fights. Right, probably. exactly. So, that's 60 not a bad ish Dude, he's making some serious money. But that's what, this is why. Because it's so valuable what he does. There's a lot of refs I see in the UFC, and again, it's such a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, do you want them to? Do you want them to be more aggressive in their fighting? Do you want them to kind of play the long game? Do you want to let them die at the end? Right, exactly. Them, and I know. feel like a lot of refs will, if guys are tied up, they'll say, "Hey, get some action going. Come on, let's go." Her doesn't get so aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. He kind of sits back. He lets the fight happen and progress. He knows the action will happen. Sometimes. I think it's just about knowing enough about the sport. And Herb Dean will sit back, realize what the fighter is trying to do, mm-hmm. and not force them to do anything too quickly. Whereas some refs will be like, no, we need action, we need fighting, we need standing, mm-hmm. punching, if stuff there's like a, that. If there's a championship fight happening and it's not Herb Dean, I have oh. a big asterisk next to whoever wins that. Literally, fight. yes. Cause he, especially because of knockout. That's the biggest thing for me. Because knockouts... Not knockouts, but like finishes. Yeah. Um, Herb Dean is far and away the best at like sliding in at the right moment and stopping it. Yes. He'll let him get like a few good punches maybe on the ground, but if it's called, it's called. And if His it's, slide is if so If they smooth. still have any consciousness left, he's mm-hmm. going to let them like try at least. And right. if they get hit once more after they're like still down and not conscious, then he'll call it. Put it this way, there's never been, I try to, at least now that we've watched more of these, Mm -hmm. I try to at least think about what they're going to do in each situation. Like, oh, they got to stop it here, or oh, no, they should keep it going. I feel like we're getting better at knowing the right situation. And every time Herb Dean's doing a fight, I agree with whatever he just did. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, my last person that I was impressed with this week. Shoot. And this, this was the easiest... Number one. This was this is number one. The other ones weren't in order. This one is number one. Right. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. The best receiver in football. And it's not close. No. Um the man jumped over three players, including Tredavious three. White. Tredavious White is there's three corners in the top tier corners in the NFL. He's one of them. It's Trey White, it's the Gilly Lock, Stefan Gilmore, and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Who locked up DK today. Hey, I won my fantasy game, I'll take it. Locked him up. Um DeAndre Hopkins sealed, he ended the wide receiver debate. You can't look at the picture of him. I mean, he is draped. You can't see him in the in the picture. You can see 30 There's hands above, like, until the ball gets to the point where it's being yeah. caught. There are six hands above his hands. And then yeah. out of nowhere, his hands emerge, his Strong. six XL hands. Yeah. Strong emerge hands. out of the pile of hands and yeah. somehow rip the ball away from everybody else. And one of the most impressive things about it was not obviously the obvious part of this whole thing is him actually getting two hands on it. Mm-hmm. As he's coming down with it, he tucked it. I believe it was Poyer tries to rip it away mm-hmm. as he's going down. And he has such a grip on the ball, didn't even nudge. There was no question it was a touchdown, which that was my favorite part of here's it. My, here was my favorite part. No one else for the Cardinals was in the end zone. 
No. Christian they trusted, Kirk wasn't doing shit. They trusted DeAndre Hopkins that much. Yeah. They were just like, I know there's six seconds on the clock, and we need a touchdown. Sure, the best strategy is normally to put all five receivers into the end zone and hope one of them comes down with it. Yeah. It was DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a guy on the other side. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to the other side because right. it didn't matter. True. Um, it was DeAndre Hopkins, three Bills players, and then yeah. Andy Isabella at the 10-yard line. Yeah. Maybe waiting for one of those tips. But he but was a little far. Yeah, he, he was, was a little, little far, far for it. Um, and what, I mean, yeah, I don't like that. The Cardinals just love playing great games, and they play the Seahawks next week on Thursday Night Football. Is that your transition right there? That was just like a drop-a-dime Kyler Murray transition. Okay, I know you have three, correct? True, yes. So I'm going to start with my three. Oh, I thought you, okay. I'm going to start with my, I have three, and then I'll get a bonus two afterwards. So this, so this is, is our... our Look, look ahead, ahead locks this, this week. If you, you want to get, get a little, little beep, beep. look ahead locks, look ahead locks, look ahead locks, look ahead locks. Ow! 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 <laughs> Always, Always fun. fun. Um, Hard to I think I'm playing with that. I think I'm playing with it, right? I don't really know. My first look ahead lock this week. Bengals are plus one against Washington this week. Interesting. I love that bet. I think I think it's Bengals money line. Honestly, I'd probably take it, but they didn't have odds for money line and right, stuff. They yeah. just had what the spread was. Um, also, I, I'm also going to go over the over unders just because they're there and okay. I can make a decision. Yeah, some of them weren't listed for me, um, but yeah. yeah so go I got I got Bengals plus one against Washington. Okay. And I'll say it's going to go under forty six. Okay, I. That's a tough game for me. That's a really tough game. I agree. That game's in Washington, correct? mm Hmm. That worries me because every time I picture a Washington game, I picture slop. I agree. Just a sloppy game. Now, where I will say I like... So I, that supports the under, but that makes me feel like the Washington defense might eat up that Bengals front five offensive line. The Bengals do have a terrible offensive line. Right, exactly. And the Steelers gave them fits this week. But I do think that that Lions loss will kind of rip... Their hearts That's out what coming I was into thinking. this week. I, I, at first, I was thinking Washington because I was like, bounce back game for Washington. Yeah. And then I thought about it, and I was like, no, that was a killer. Bengals, Joe Burrow just got his ass beat by a yeah. division rival. Why not let him get a win? He deserves one one of these days. And Burrow shows up for pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still young enough where he has the cockiness. Maybe not cockiness. Maybe just more confidence in that he can carry his team because he is the future of the team. So he should have this confidence that he can carry them in pretty much any game. Okay, look ahead, knock number two. Pittsburgh is minus 10.5 against Jacksonville next week. Mm-hmm. That feels easy. They're going to kick them out of the... They're going to These double-digit favorites have been scary. Pittsburgh didn't cover their 13 Maybe it's and a half trap against game? Dallas. Maybe it's a trap game. The Packers game. didn't cover so. their 14 this week. I know. I These, just... Pittsburgh's look too good the and Ravens Jacksonville's today, look too bad for me. These double digit games I'm now from now on I'm staying away from. Over under is forty six, I'm going over on this one. I think the Pittsburgh's gonna put up a few yeah. points and I don't know if I don't think Minshew's back next week, but either way I think Jacksonville's Rooten, just Tooten, gonna have Luton, Yeah, I think I think Luton's gonna put I didn't hate just, him. No, he looks fine. Plus James Robinson's a beast. He really is. Uh, out of Illinois State undrafted. Mm-hmm. How about that? Um next I have the Dolphins, minus mm. two and a half against Denver. Okay. I Yes, I also have this one. And I'm going to go over 44 and a half. Okay. 
just because their that defense has looked too good. They've scored right. touchdowns. Um, they're gonna get to a in good field position. Right. Most of the time, especially against Stanford, <laughs> dude, Drew Locke's gonna throw seven interceptions. This I know. Week. I was just gonna say Drew Locke threw four picks against the Raiders last yeah. week. Now the, we're talking about a Dolphins a defense that is forcing turnovers every damn week. They're six and three. Solid competition. They're six and three. They're a scary team. They're a very <laughs> scary team for that. anyone that runs into them. And They've Tua won five hasn't, games in a row now. They don't make Tua do much either. No, he hasn't had to do anything. Whereas I don't know like that line Herbert's week. the complete opposite, where like he's doing everything for the Chargers and mm-hmm. they're still losing. Tua's just now. I started him in fantasy this week. He threw a touchdown. Did okay, but uh, I yeah I have that one as well. I think okay. I think they got that line wrong. All right, that's a solid segue. Segue into mine. So. Yeah. Uh, obviously, just talked about the Ravens minus uh, the Dolphins minus two and a half at the Broncos. My next one, I don't love it. The Jets plus oh, nine and I a half at the Chargers. It. I knew you were gonna pick it the second I saw it. Now I should hate everything about nine and a half is a big line for the Chargers who have sucked though. The Chargers play every game close. Mm-hmm. Every single game they play close. How can I not take nine? They'll probably be up like 17 going into the right. fourth. That's exactly the Jets what might I'm... maybe figure out a touchdown. And I don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Jets. I was just going to ask. You. And that doesn't even matter to me. Yeah. I Because I think either way, they're, they they got to trip over a win at one point. I don't think they'll win. But they'll cover. <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> that's half a win. Right, exactly. So I like the Jets there. I Moderately. <laughs> Don't put much on that one, <laughs> which means it's going to hit now. Put a lot on it. Um, my last one. I don't love this one either now, actually. The Titans plus seven at the Ravens. It's just going to... The Ravens oh. coming off this loss against the Patriots on national TV where they just look absolutely pathetic, but... I've been saying this every week about the Ravens, though. That they're kind of fraudulent? No, that, like, I keep saying, oh, they just had this... Not great game against right, this yeah. team they should have played either True. had a great game against or just destroyed. And this just keeps not happening and I think Titans might might have a day. So my my thought process on this was two teams that are coming off bad losses. I mean the Titans got absolutely blown out by the Colts at home. I mean it got a little closer at the end, but that score wasn't even as close as that game was. The Colts were pretty much on them, especially in the second half. Especially in divisional, you don't mm-hmm. want to get blown out like that. Um, but they get a couple extra uh, days to prepare for this Ravens team. You know, they played on Thursday night, so they got Friday, Saturday, this Sunday. They got those days off, able to maybe soak off that loss in a nice ice bath and get ready for a Ravens team that's just coming off a, it's a revenge shitty game, performance. Isn't it? Titans played the Ravens in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and the ra- they beat them. Yeah. The Titans beat them. So that's another reason I don't love this. But listen, I'm 0-2 in last uh, last week. I'm 0-2 so far. I have the Bears uh, tomorrow night. We're recording this. I don't remember what mine was, but oh, yeah. We're recording I, I, this I know on I'm Sunday. 0-1 at least. I don't remember my other lock. So I'm 0-2 shooting for 0-3, and, and I loved my picks <laughs> last week. This week I hate them, so now you know I'm going to go 3-0. Mm-hmm. Do you have one more? No, I do not. Okay, well, I have two more. Okay. The Packers are plus one against the Colts next week. Uh, and I, I would don't know stay why. the hell away I, from this game. I'm a fan, so I saw yeah. it and I loved it. Um, I think the Packers are going to end up winning. They just 
they put up a big dud against the Jags. I know they ended up winning, but they'll play better. Yeah, um, it won't be shitty. Well, in a dome. Yeah, in a dome, no fans. Right. Aaron Rodgers, his voice is gonna echo around. They're never gonna know what that snap count's sounding like. <laughs> right. Um, I also would say over forty nine. It's I know it's a, I know it's relatively high. I don't I don't I hate think, that. I think Jonathan Taylor, even though we were slandering him, I think they let him get a touchdown. Yeah. It's against the Packers against Wisconsin. They want him to show up. Right. Um, and I think Philip Rivers loves to just be like, anytime he's playing another good quarterback. Well, not another good quarterback, a good quarterback. Right. He likes to try to have a little fun. He might throw a couple interceptions, get the Packers in good field position. Right. Um, my last one, I have. Wait, wait, wait. Can I actually yeah. comment on that yeah. game for a sec? You're gonna like this. Okay. This is a special teams game. Listen, listen to this. Packers offense, Colts defense. They're t- that's the two mm-hmm. best sides of the ball for both teams. So those, I'm not. They, they I don't want to say they cancel each other out, but you know that's close. There were sides of the ball. Packers defense, Colts offense. Especially with the Packers. That's right kind now. of a toss up. Yeah. I mean, Naheem Hines might run for 120 yards on yeah. this Packers defense. And when they just pick you apart with these short passes, maybe go over the top, I feel like the Packers' defense doesn't respond well to that. So let's say all those two cancel out. I like special teams. Colts block a punt last week. Packers get one returned on them this week by Keelan so Cole and the Jags. So, so I think the Packers work on it hard. Maybe mm-hmm. the Packers like work on it hard, and the Colts maybe... It's a special teams trap game. It's a special teams trap game for the Colts, which is why... I, gonna say Packers okay my other my last bet is Buccaneers minus three and a half against the Rams and I'm naming the over 49 as well because that game's gonna go crazy on the numbers oh I like that Buccaneers I like that 43 this week that is true that is true they've been a very hit or miss team but I think that they're starting to build into their weapons they really play that Ohio if they get that if they get the ball at halftime yeah they are great at playing that Ohio State game where you Get the last possession before the half with the timing, yeah. and you get the first possession, and then the game's over, right? And there. it just kills the other team. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they they really, I, I actually like that you said that, because that is a 14-point swing right Yeah, there. that's what happened today. Yeah. Um, and it, that that's the type of thing that actually absolutely kills teams that have inconsistent quarterback play, like Jared Goff. Yeah. Okay, last NFL thing we've got for you today. We have we are gonna rank the AFC North quarterbacks. We just talked about them a little bit, so we probably don't have top to go seven. too far. Yeah, top seven. <laughs> um, I will start at seven. Okay. No, you start. Yeah, you start at seven, so I get six, and I get two then. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, my seven is Mason Rudolph. Okay, that was my seven. I, the only reason I have him at seven is to make fun of him because he's genuinely one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I wanted to put Josh Hobbs above him on this list. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. I wanted to put Josh Dobbs above him on this and list. And he is, but he's not on my list. I just wanted Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. on the list so I could talk about how much I hate him and how bad he is. Okay, so at number six, I have Robert Griffin III. Same. He barely was not five. <laughs> right. Barely. Okay. Um, I'll let you go five, but I really hope you do what I, I do. I know, I know. Damn it. Do it. Do it. It's Baker Mayfield. Thank you. Thank you. Five is Baker Mayfield. Now, it's very close between him and perhaps another player on his team. I don't want to get in too much into perhaps Dan's next hey, pick. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who else could be, who but, could be next? But Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right. Okay. So, 
I just can't put Baker. Now, maybe we're being a tad, a touch harsh, but I don't even think so. No, I don't think so at all. They need to run the ball 30 times a game. 80% And well, plus. and well for them to succeed. He, We could have Jarvis on this list technically and yeah, have him ahead of OBJ. Baker. Or OBJ. We actually should have done that. We maybe should have done that in retrospect. Uh-huh. But So, yeah, we'll put Baker at five, then... Case Keenum at four. Keenum at four. Not by but much. Not four by A much. is Jarvis Landry, four B is OBJ, and then five is Baker. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Case Keenum showed me he's a better quarterback than Baker. Miracle so, in Minneapolis. Yeah, he proved to me that he's better than Baker. Baker so I didn't never. Even, I didn't even really have to think about this, so I'm just going to let you go with three because this isn't the discussion. Three is Joe Burrow. Thank you. Uh, and not that it was he's, not not that in, I, he's not in the top two of this division yeah. yet. I think he... Uh, Absolutely could be someday, especially since God knows what the Steelers do once big old Ben retires. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. I mean, the dude's slinging it right now for a horrible Bengals team. Who's behind him? I've been saying that since we Yeah, won. they're this definitely Bengals behind, team him. Is behind him. Where's the Browns fans? I can't say that confidently about Baker no, Mayfield. not at all. Anyway. Um, okay, I'm just going to do two and then I'll say one because then we can right. kind of debate it. Yeah. Big grin again. Lamar Jackson is the second best quarterback. And he's my fantasy quarterback. I love You're Lamar You're a traitor. Jackson. I know. You're a traitor. I know, but I'm a truther. Oh, um, so ben Roethl- and, and I would only say this. Normally I would not say this. But right. Ben Roethlisberger threw four touchdowns today. Lamar Jackson lost in, in a hurricane. True. Which should, it shouldn't adva- give him an advantage. But it's like of all the quarterbacks who are going to play in a hurricane, you're going to run more. Yeah. He didn't run more. He tried to pass the ball still. Yeah. And I'm just pissed at him. So I, I don't have that as mine. I have Lamar's number one mm-hmm. and Big Ben is two. And here's my argument. Obviously, we know Lamar's still running the ball. Mm-hmm. So we give that to him over Big Ben. Lamar gets slandered a lot for throwing. Look at their weapons comp, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Big Ben has four stud receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, I'm who may be the, the best, and James Washington. Mm-hmm. Absolute stunts. Eric Ebron, not bad. James Conner, not bad out of the backfield. The Ravens have the run game. They got Mark Andrews. But then it's like... Hollywood uh, Brown. Who I, a, did you see that cryptic tweet last week? No, I did not. He said, like, why you got... I don't know. It wasn't exactly this. But he said, like, why you got weapons if you're not going to use them, basically? Oh, well, because he's not good. Yeah. I really don't not, like Hollywood You're Brown. just fast, Hollywood. Willie Sneed is... He's better. Well, he's better... But he's old and just okay also. He's a solid wide receiver, too, on a good team. Right. So then it's like Devin DuVernay. Yeah. And I actually like him. But, boy, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. as far as weapons. I agree. And I think you, I think I, maybe I'm being a little too nice to Lamar, but I'll give him that credit. I mean, well, it, I, know, I know I'm caught up in the moment. Um, I just, like, I've been, the last couple of weeks, I've been saying Ben's my MVP later potentially right now. Right. It's Pat and him for me right now at yeah. the top. Um, so I kind of, I just felt like going with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to do this every single week. So this week, our movie review, 
We oh, are. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. I just watched it. Just, just now. Watched it. Fresh like on the brain. In the middle of the Patriots Ravens game, I was watching yeah. this. Maybe why I slept on Lamar. Who knows? I missed some things. <laughs> um, but we're going to review Enemy of the State. Yes. We really wanted to get a Will Smith movie in 1998, uh, Will Smith thriller about a attorney, a. I believe he's a union attorney, something with union. Yeah, kind and of it's set in both title. Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Right. And two phenomenal cities for a TV, an action movie to be mm-hmm. shot. Um, and it's about him getting framed, sort of. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it because right. I feel like this is like a, almost like a promotion for people to watch it because I hadn't Fair. really even heard of this movie too much beforehand. I like to explain it beforehand. a little bit yeah. just to maybe tease people a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. But basically um, he's on the run from the government. Yeah, and it's the it's a movie mostly about the NSA. Right, um, it's, National Security Agency. Yeah. So this is in 98. They had crazy technology. Probably not crazy. They probably had it. Um, technology... Like surveillance, basically, yeah. you could tap into any phone, any camera, stuff right. like that. Super high quality satellites. What's They're your, chasing them all around. What's your rating for this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear yours first. Because you're. I'm gonna give more... it a seven point eight. Okay. I think that's a solid rating. Yeah. I saw Rotten Tomatoes was a seventy three percent. Okay. Okay. Interesting. You hit me with yours really quick. So I can get out of the way. I've been thinking 8.1 pretty much I like the last 24 hours. I, I think actually exactly 24 hours. This is around when <laughs> I finished it last night. Uh, it's, look, it's a, a tad long for me. Oh, there's, there's certain... The length killed me. I mean, it's two hours and 20 minutes, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And I would say there's a good 40 minutes of it that really didn't have a ton to do with the main, main plot. And I'm mm-hmm. like... They could have cut this out. This wasn't necessary. But the good parts were good, I thought. I thought it was a all-around very good movie. Um, some of the best... One of the best car fights or car chase scenes I've seen Strong. in a while. Their car's on fire the whole time. A big shotgun yeah. pump from Will Smith to end it. Yeah. Um, there's a helicopter chasing them. That helicopter, I have to say, one of the best controlled helicopters Ooh, I've ever seen. That's a seen. good point. That thing was like five feet off the ground, swerving all over the place. Making insane... Like, they would change direction on the ground. They're chasing them as they're running or driving. And that thing would just alter course immediately. Mm-hmm. In GTA, that thing's, that's taken me a half hour to turn around. There was a lot of really good camera angles. Um, The guy at the bo- the mob boss who was at the beginning and the end of the movie, basically. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Like Petrino or something. I actually have a cast list right here. Okay. Um, But either way, that guy was goaded. Yeah, perfect mob boss. And well I, have a, I have a little snippet of a quote from him. Where is it? You guys ought to get in there. Wait a minute, wait a minute, listen. Now we can go get a warrant, come back with the FBI, take anything we want, arrest anybody that we want. Just give the man the videotape. The only one gonna get arrested here is you, felonious cocksucking, with an attempt to swallow the evidence, so shut your mouth. And you, get the fuck out of here. Go get your warrant, and until then, get out of my joint. Come on, you gotta get in there. He's a great character. I think the most underrated part of that quote is get out of my joint. Yeah, yeah. Like, all-time all time. It's a boss. restaurant. He could call it his home. He could flat out call it his home. He could call it his club. He, he calls call it, it anything his he joint. wants to. His joint. I appreciate that. Um, can I give some of my takes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is about Brill, not Will. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. So, so, yes, I rhymed, but... 
while Will Smith is the most notable actor and main quote-unquote protagonist in the movie, he this is more about just him being guided by Brill. Yeah, it was kind because of... Because Brill saves him. Generally, I'd say it's mostly about the NSA. Like just Possibly. In general, like, not yeah. even if I'm not, like, if I'm saying a theme of the movie. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But plot-wise, yeah, I definitely agree it's a Brill, th- it's a Brill and film. And Brill was a part of the NSA. Yeah. So that ties in even more to that. So it's more about the overall, uh, uh, overall intelligence sphere mm-hmm. instead of really Will Smith himself. Um, a take I have that... I actually considered right before I made the score, I was going to say 7.7. I said 7.8. Okay. I decided any movie, and I can't think of the other movie I'm thinking of. Okay. But in this movie, they call it The Jar. It's basically a spot that, like, a super smart computer guy will go to to, like, avoid any detection. Like, it'll it'll always be inside, like, two cages. Like, it's completely off the grid. Like, it's, like, completely off the grid, but it's in the middle of a city type shit. Yeah. Um... In this one, they call warehouse. it a jar. I think anytime that there's a jar in a movie, I automatically give it an extra point. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how many jars. <laughs> I know I... there's one other movie with a jar. It's <laughs> okay. not called a jar in that movie, but I know there's one. Because I saw that, and I was like, have I seen this movie before? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. Okay. Interesting. Um, my next take. Jack Black. Husky comedy legend. He, he was made... To play him. a guy behind a computer saying smart shit. Mm, I liked him in this movie. He's constantly, like, he's a behind-the-scenes guy. He's not really in the action in a gunfight. But this man will reroute the satellites, which, by the way, this is another, this is another very funny aspect of the movie, is just the 90s editing of, like, when they're flipping the satellite somewhere... Mm-hmm. First off, they show it every single time. They the show satellite? they show the satellite moving like they zoom times. out of the earth. They literally the zoom out of the earth right into the in. satellite. They show the satellite. They show angle. like the point of the satellite. Right. Yeah. And, and like the screen of it, and it's just absurd, like nineties graphics. Bunch of traffic it. all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm okay with like three satellite shots, but like nine to ten, mm-hmm. that was a bit much. They really had to they had to fill a lot more. They knew they were I think they had a movie of two hours, 20 minutes. And they just had to throw some things in every yeah. once in a while to try to fill that. So they were like... Another satellite. They were like, we're out, of, we're, out of, we're out of time. Satellite. Jim, we've done seven satellites. Eight. Three more. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I got another one. Keep them coming. So I don't know if this, all the listeners know who Seth Green is, but he is Scott Evil in... Mm-hmm. Uh, doc, or he's Dr. Dr. Evil's son, son yeah. in Austin Powers, Scott Evil. Scotty Doe! Scotty Doe. And him and the rest of the surveillance fan are perfect hateable guys. I agree. Like, they're just so annoying, and they're using Will Smith's blender. And, oh my god. Like, they're not even out in the fight. They're just like, oh, we got him now. And they swing their rolly chair over to a different computer and they start typing. And they think they're so smug in their old surveillance. The two moments I really liked about them was the one when they spray painted the dog green and Seth Green was in the, and he's just, he was geeking the whole time they were like messing with Will Smith's house, basically. Right. He was like, he's got to get some help. And then he was... (laughs) I don't even remember no, what he exactly like, said. He's like, oh, he painted the dog green. Right, yeah. Just threw the mic over the NSA, yes. like talking to his boss type shit. Oh my god! I loved it. And then there was... Hated uh, it. <laughs> Why 
What else did he have? He had one more amazing quote that I can't think of. You keep going. I'll think of it eventually. Another character that you're, another actor that you're going to have to sort of know what he looks like if you haven't seen this movie or stuff he's been in. Mm -hmm. uh, John Voight is the lead NSA official. <laughs> John Voight is the lead NSA official in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he plays Nick Cage's dad, for those who need reference. Nicholas Cage's dad in the Treasure, uh, National Treasure movies. He plays the perfect government of official or someone that at least knows shit on the government mm -hmm. as he does in that movie yeah i don't have much to say about that because i don't know too much about him yeah i mean again that's the only other reference i have in <laughs> playing someone even involved in anything government but he just looks very stoic and very nsa officially yeah um i did like early in this movie so daniel zavitz is like the original character who gets the tape yes um, basically this whole thing is centered around at the beginning of the movie there is a congressman who's against the nsa right pushing forward a privacy like a bill that will get rid of privacy essentially where the nsa can basically survey anyone they want dig deep um and this congressman doesn't want to accept it and he dies of a heart attack quotation mm -hmm. marks and this random nature photographer gets on video his murder basically the NSA killing him and the head yeah. of the NSA. And they're, they're, yeah, they're after this tape, the whole movie, essentially. Right. Um, and Will Smith somehow comes to find it. But Daniel Zavitz is at the start of the movie. He has this. Mm -hmm. played by Jason Lee. Mm -hmm. He gets a big old fire truck to the dome. Yeah, he died aggressively. Yeah. Very I, aggressively. I, I, there, was a, there was some good on, death scenes. On bike, too. There was a, well, I wouldn't even say death scenes because there weren't too many death scenes, I guess. Eh. There was one big death scene at the end. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't give anything away. Okay. Well. Um, okay. There's a big explosion. There is a, a lot of death in this movie, actually. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I guess we have different. I guess there is. Yeah, there is some death. I don't know. I mean, we could have different perspectives on what a lot of death is. I forgot about a big one that I'm staring yeah, right in the face right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's also some pretty good romantic scenes. Yeah. Like when Will Smith's on the run and they meet up in the garage. Okay, I was a big yeah. fan of that one. He wins her back. Yeah, Basically, that's true. the NSA turns See, his wife against him. It's funny. He... I was actually going to say that scene did not matter at all. Oh, I liked it. Because oh, yeah. that, that got him in the car with the nanny to pick up the kids who had the tape at the time. The kid had okay. the tape. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because I, I was, the whole movie, I was wondering where the hell that tape went. Because Will Smith had no idea where it was. Nobody could find it. Yeah. So, I don't know. There were, yeah, there was just a little too much of Will Smith running. <laughs> there was a lot of Will Smith running. Yeah, a little too much. There like, could have been about 40% of Will Smith This running. was also super 90s was uh, Will goes into that hotel room because he's like backed against a corner. Mm -hmm. So he goes into that random hotel room owned by Mr. Wu. I remember the name uh, on the mail package. And he realizes when he gets in their room, it's an older Asian couple and they're very confused as to why he's in there. He's pretending he's hotel staff. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that everything on him is bugged. So he, need, he starts taking off all his clothes in the middle of their hotel room. And the wife just starts like cheering and clapping. Yeah, trying and, like, to give him money. Throwing singles and stuff. And I was just like, ah, the 90s. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> 90s movie. Perfect 90s joke. I, I also, I'm very happy we chose this one because I had never seen it. So I'd recommend everyone watch it. Very good. Um, very good I mean compared to most movies Will Smith he's just awesome yeah I don't really have too many more I don't have really any more takes 
if you have some. We have an MVP to discuss. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to get to. Can I go first? I believe yeah, you went I'm, first. I'm interested time. in what you have to say here. Brill is my MVP. Yeah, of the I movie. agree. He he moves the story more than anyone. He's the smartest, arguably, person in the movie, and one of the smartest characters we've had so far. Mm-hmm. The question is. The question is: Is he Wesley? Yeah. Which he is not, because Wesley wins. I'm actually going to say in seven. I think Brill sneaks this one to seven. Mm-hmm. He's just that witty. And actually, he's pretty funny. Pretty funny guy. He's got the cat. He swears a lot. And just so smart. I, I remember one very underrated part about Brill is that he's meeting with Will Smith at one point early. And they have the satellite, of course, over mm-hmm. their head. Of it's course. always moving. Yeah. And he doesn't look up at all. He keeps looking really? straight forward, so they don't see, they can't get a facial recognition on him, and he's just like he just thinks seven steps ahead. Which I think he has Wesley in like the planning something mm-hmm. category, but when it comes down to it, I want Wesley still. I've got a very specific reason that I choose Wesley over Brill, and okay. I agree that Brill is the character because right. you know he gets he really informs Will Smith about the whole operation. Right. Will Smith would have probably died would have one hundred percent died without him. Um, yeah. And maybe Will Smith does die. Who knows? Right. Sorry. I, we don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> but I think Wesley wins because I'm giving him home court advantage. Okay, true. He and so in my home court advantage, it's a time zone thing. There's no technology oh, that Brill can play off of. A I think, I think they both win every single game at home. Right. Because so, at home, Brill, home, Brill's home is the jar. Yeah. Brill's home is <laughs> the jar. Wesley doesn't know how to crack into the jar. Right. And Brill can just mess with him and do exactly what the NSA did to Will the whole movie, turn everybody against right. him, and right. ultimately beat him in sep- or in like those three home games. Right. But yeah. when you take that technology away, there's not even guns. You put Brill on top of that mountain with a sword against Wesley. It's not even a It's chance. a 40-point blowout. I'm the backups you, are I'm in. telling you Wesley would win that if he was hanging off the ledge with uh, by one hand. Yeah. And fighting Brill Literally. up top. Literally. I think Wesley still Brill almost that. got hit by a train, and he was just running. Mm-hmm. He was just running past it, and he fell directly <laughs> on the tracks. And Will had to save his life. That's the one time Will actually saved his life, which kind of earned Brill's respect a yeah, little bit. Agree. A tad bit. They yelled at each other a little bit afterwards. Right. You know, kind of a... It, it, that was another 90s thing where it was a lot of, like, friendly banter. Like, not friendly banter, but, like funny banter between them yeah will gives him a big i'm all you got and you're all i got <laughs> right so yeah and at one at one point uh brill's taking a while to do something and will looks over at his cat and he's like does it normally yeah. take him this yeah. long a to do funny, stuff uh, friendly he, stuff. he yeah. says a joke to the cat um uh, so that's all i got yeah i'm good so wesley moves on lives another yeah. day Probably will live a few more days. God, he's Wesley's starting a dynasty. Uh, he's I don't know how many episodes Jeff Goldblum lasted. I want to say four or five. Yeah, Wesley's got to be coming up. On well, because Wesley beat him. Yeah. Right. So yeah. and so Wesley has is tied, if not in the lead, with over Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I'm really gonna keep trying to not pick my movies based because I've noticed when you ask me about what movie I want to watch earlier on in the week. I've started in the back of my head thinking, thinking about MVP. Mm-hmm. Like that's who why, I that's want why I, wanted, I, I wanted a Will Smith against Wesley okay, good conversation, but, but we, it, Brill we took over. 
So Will's going to have to wait at least another month before he can get another shot at this. I think the key is we have to choose movies we've never seen before, or mm-hmm. at least not in a very Or long are time. so classic that it's like, like, like you okay, know, yeah. we'll do a movie review about Right, it, yeah. Know? We'll, you know, we'll give the people what they want, maybe something mm-hmm. more people have seen. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. So I'm, I'll go first on my masterclass disaster class. Go ahead. And we talked about this together, so I'm not going to take full credit. Scott Hansen, the red zone announcer. I don't want to say announcer, moderator, commentator. I would He's in charge of the red zone. The navigator. The, the red zone He's navigator. the captain. I love that. He had he his noon performance for the five o'clock or for the five noon games. Yeah. Was wonderful. Excellent. He was switching up. Classic all day Hansen. Long. Yeah, it was perfect. I he's, don't have too many examples of what he was doing. Well, was he's just, just flipping between yeah, every game. He gave us evenly. red zone scores, maybe right. a few du- dual boxes, a double red zone. He wasn't just leaving out blatantly good games that right. I wanted to see. During the 3 o'clock games, Ugh. I was getting quite upset. Ugh. Insulting. Yeah. Um. What was one? Uh, dolphins. I wanted to see way more Dolphins. I'll tell you one right now. The Raiders-Broncos. Yeah. I the, didn't see a The Broncos... Had out, or I don't remember if it was the Broncos or Raiders. They were in the red zone. By the way, we're watching the red zone network. That's what he navigates. They're in the red zone, and they don't show any of the four plays that happen in the red zone. No, we saw a field goal from it like two minutes after we found out that there was right. a field goal, and we were sitting there just praying to God that he would give us a a, a look into. I think they ran five plays in the red zone. And yeah, didn't yeah, give I think us it was a five. single one. I know that I was, was pretty pissed sad. about. Yeah, that was pretty sad. I mean, when you're the Red Zone Network, I don't care what game. And by the way, the other games that he was on, none of them were in the Red Zone. Not mm-hmm. one. And he was obsessed with the Bills-Cardinals game, which I get, but like... But like, that's on national TV. Right. And like we... To be fair, not everyone may have another screen that they have it on. But if they do I think, have I another think, screen, I, that we, game was on. And we said this, but most people who are watching Red Zone yeah. are also at least somewhat paying attention to the national TV game. Like, right. if you have Red Zone, I feel like Red Zone's never, or most of the time, not your primary television. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have Red Zone on the side. Exactly, exactly. I like that. And I just thought, yeah, you know what I think? I think he was a little thrown off by the five early games, six late games. I think he's used to hanging on to later games a little bit longer because there's less of them. And maybe he was kind of like, oh, shit, I haven't been to Broncos Raiders in a half hour. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of threw it on. So in, in his defense, And he also wasn't giving us different. today. I know his replay game was bad. Well, he, it's always, yeah, he it's hates never replays. Great. It's never great. Scott but, does not like replays. But, like, on a, there was one out, a very close out-of-bounds call on a catch. I don't remember exactly who it was. But we all pointed at the screen and went, we want to see a replay. Right. And right as we did that. Switched it over. Yeah, and... You never see more than one. True. I will say Scott does a good job of, even if that game is not on the screen, he'll announce. And just so you know, in that, as far as that Carolina Panthers replay, just to fill in a random one, that was ruled incomplete. You know, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. usually give an update even if that game isn't on, which mildly makes up for it. But, 
I don't know. He it still wasn't his best performance today. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your master class? Master class. My master class is me and my roommates taking advantage of the weather this weekend. Uh, we had a couple people over and had a little socially distanced beer dart circle mm-hmm. that lasted for a long time. Sun was out, wasn't a ton of wind. Was it cold? Yes, later on especially, obviously. But at the prime of the day, it wasn't too bad. You threw on a jacket, mm-hmm. a hat, some sunglasses, and you enjoyed the day. I can't say I was able to enjoy those days. I've been locked in my house with COVID for a minute Right, now. naturally. And we were just taking advantage of maybe one of the few last times with without snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings me into my disaster class, which is my sleep. For the next week because of this weird temperature we're it's going through. It's 2 a.m. right now. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> and now I stay up late anyway. But there's just something about the transition from fall to winter. I I just get my temperature wrong in my room a lot because I'm used to mm-hmm. ha- I'm used to having less. It was blankets. pretty cold in there when I was I'm used there to having, Yeah, I, yes. I'm used to having less or more blankets. The fall is just a weird time for me as far as sleep. I'll wake up hot after going to bed cold. Uh, I, my comforter is super thick, so I'll always end mm-hmm. up waking up hot. And I don't love that, obviously, yeah. and this should help that, but I'm going to be thrown off for the first couple days before I adjust. And I think this week is probably that week. It's, yeah, it gets tough because it gets dark so early, and then it just, right. it like, you look outside and it's nighttime. And I don't know what it is, but for some reason I stay up later in the winter. I know. And it I doesn't make sense. Like, I, I just, I become more of a night person because there's more night time than I'm already awake for. Right. So I look outside and I'm like, oh, it's still probably 8 o'clock and it's yeah. really 1 a.m. That's a good point. And also, I, th- I will say, usually early on when the sun starts going down earlier, say it's like 4 o'clock and the sun's down already, 4.30 maybe. It's like, oh, okay, like we're adjusted to it, kind mm-hmm. of building off your point. We get adjusted to that, like, oh, yeah, oh, well, it's only 4.30. Sorry. Anyway. Thought I had paused. <clears throat> so it, like it's only four thirty, and then you kind of get tired mm-hmm. initially. Like you, you see the darkness. You've had a long day. It's the afternoon. Maybe you just had lunch or something. You're kind of tired. Maybe you lay down for a nap. It's dark yeah. out. Your yeah. eyes fall, all fall closed <laughs> as you lay on the couch, enjoying the brisk window open. Maybe maybe a light snow. <laughs> anyway, I thought this. Was a good, I like this masterclass. Master yeah, uh, not to get too Bob Rossi, but um, anyway, <laughs> I just think like you lay down for that nap, and then like you wake up and you have a bunch of energy, and then next you know it's two in the morning and you lay down and like you still and my temperature's weird for a while and I don't know I just it's a hard time of year for us night owls. Mm-hmm. I agree. You ready? Uh, Yes. I'm going to do it this week. Excellent. I'm going to leave it quietly in the background as we go tracking today. This is such a calming way. I felt like this is a nice way to end the podcast. Right, yeah. And it's a little tiptoe, little trap game type. I don't know. It's like... You just finished a business presentation and you go to a piano club and you just have a drink or two. Oh, dude, this isn't my trap game. It has nothing to do with it. But 
I don't know if you've been to Piano Bar in Madison. I have not, no. When things are open again, we have to go to Piano Bar. Okay, it's okay. a so you walk in, it's five dollar cover charge, okay. which sucks. But yeah, okay. you walk in, not, it's not and much. It's in the middle of the room, live piano player singing like pop songs and stuff. Oh, like he plays all the songs that you can request anything you want. He just yeah. pulls up like the music in front of him and does it. Right. Amazing drinks all night. It's like a, it feels like a classy bar. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of like a, not older crowd, but like grad student crowd. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I it's like that. Perfect. This this song is like a you're loosening your tie song. That's the only way. Yes, I can that like, is perfect. You're just loosening the tie. You've had a long day or stuff. Something stiff. Yeah. All right, you're going first on track game. We got to go to that bar at some point. I'm excited. And the second it opens. Oh, well, I don't know if it's open or not. Right. Right. Now, but the second COVID's. Well, we're getting a vaccine very soon. Right, right, true, true, true. I will say, I know we probably won't be able to do this, but it'd be kind of awesome to go there around Christmas. Yeah, I And, agree. like, you hear some winter tunes, you know? I feel like you said she could do, he or she could do pop. Music. Anything you want. Literally so, anything. So throw some Christmas out there and, I don't know, maybe my shoulders start getting a little mm-hmm. loose. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe my toe starts They have, like, and... high tables, like, oh, yeah. nice that are, like, attached to the wall. They come up. It's beautiful. That's also somewhere... Okay, now, I was talking about loosening the tie, but now I'm thinking turtleneck. <laughs> that sounds perfect. We both just rock up. We, we both show up in turtlenecks and maybe some slacks. Yeah. Nice shoes. Like a black turtleneck with black slacks yeah. and a chain. <laughs> I, did, I did think about chain. I did think about chain. And I have my nice little tennis bracelet. Tennis bracelet? I'm going to have to show you that one. You got to show me the tennis bracelet. <laughs> maybe I have a watch on. I don't know. Yeah. Sue me. All right, you go into the <laughs> game. <laughs> this music is destructive. I love it. I love it. Our podcast would be four hours long if we had this music <laughs> behind it the whole time. Anyway, my trap game. And see, now I kind of want to add a little yeah, rhythm to my trap game. By the way, our snapping was so insane. Yeah, we were pretty good. We did not even... It sounded like it was like a part, like, you know, I got the headphones on. Right. I was like hearing, I was like, that might be in the song. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, is this us? I, mean, I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure, but that was probably... I hope people make it two hours into this podcast so they can hear this. It doesn't matter, because we're enjoying it. And that's, <laughs> it's, it's for the love of the game. My trap game. <laughs> Getting delivery, because now it's chilly. <sighs> Look, I... I don't like grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I'll do it once every week or two. Stock up. When I run out, I like to I like to get some takeout usually. But now that it's chilly, especially some Mexican food to warm up my tummy, has has a nice light snow falls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I just keep, <laughs> like hasn't that snowed I just, yet. <laughs> yeah, it has not snowed yet. I just keep presenting different uh, winter scenarios, but. Yeah, so basically all my food orders are gonna go up about five to ten dollars because yeah. of delivery charges. Yeah, what what uh, service do you use normally? So we don't have a yeah, service. That's kinda, oh, so you normally order, go like, So I just get delivery from places that deliver. Yeah, so I've I kind of use most of the time like Uber Eats or normally I'm a Papa John's or Jimmy John's right, guy yeah, for the most deliver. part, and they just give cheaper delivery. Right. Yeah. Um, otherwise. I'll go DoorDash a lot of the times, which is, DoorDash is, has a great selection of stuff, Yeah. but it absolutely is expensive as hell. It's like how much Taco more expensive Bell. is it than like Uber Eats? 
Uber Eats normally has deals. Okay. Like where you can get something for like free delivery or like a dollar well, delivery, and oh, it's not the big. Well, you still have a tip, and there's a service sure. charge or something oh, crazy okay. thing like that. Like they just say it's free delivery, and it's not. Yeah. Um, but DoorDash is never on that. Like it's really? always a two dollar delivery charge That's not plus horrible. well or a two dollar service charge no. plus like Taco Bell is three ninety nine for delivery and then you have to tip. That's seven dollars right there. It's that's a, a seven dollar delivery. That's a light tip, Dan. No, no, I'm saying. Well, that's two dollar tip. That's I guess a, I, I guess I'm thinking if I'm Taco giving, Bell. If I'm giving three ninety nine for delivery fee, that's part of the tip. <laughs> <laughs> As a dasher myself, I do, I door dash. Yeah. As a dasher, I have the dasher app. Yeah. Okay. It's. Okay. I know what how that works, and there every once in a while they'll throw in like a four dollar bonus for drivers, yeah. and I know that. Even though they, I might not technically be paying for that, I know my service charge is going up. I just know it's happening. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I can't argue with a former um, dasher. My room, <laughs> my roommate has Grubhub Premium or whatever, where you get free delivery for most spots, which is, is that really like a monthly nice. payment. Yeah, he, he pays like five bucks a month for it. Or something I feel like that's an insane value. Yeah, it is. It is, but you still get charged like service charge. Oh, that's which is crazy. That You're is already paying a monthly fee. You're a premium member. Um, you're, like you still save money probably but yeah I'm sure you do but I don't think you use it too much monthly yeah. subscriptions trap game yeah um, true. my trap game this week is you haven't even given yours yet <laughs> no oh my gosh is my mom texted me interesting asking what I want for Christmas first world problems first world problem indeed <laughs> so I'm gonna make this both as I as I said my trap game was food delivery yeah. when it's chilly I'm gonna make this both a receiving Christmas like making a, a Christmas list right yeah and also buying Christmas presents yeah because Christmas presents and this is just for parents I'm gonna say yeah that's because true. parents are tough to buy for a lot of the times yeah because if you go too high they'll be like I didn't want you to spend right. this much money type of thing of course um and if you don't if you don't get it perfect like on the head with like what they want you just know they're never going to use it. Like, you'll see it on their face the second they get it. Yeah. Um, and then fair. receiving presents. I didn't really know, because really what I want is a PS5. But <laughs> my mom's text included, not a PS5. Ah, okay, I see. So I think what I'm going for is a record player. Whoa. Yeah, a nice, I've like... No, I've noticed you a nice, like, stockpiling the records. A nice little so. six... Yeah, I got six records. It's a great sound. I just got six records. Uh, my first six. My house has nine displayed in our in like our living room right now. Yeah. That's my roommate Jack's. We okay. get him for his birthday every year. We get him one. Okay. Um. But what I got was Mac Miller Kids. Nice one. Future High yeah. Off Life. Oof. Uh, Cushion Orange Juice Wiz Khalifa. Yes. Uh, what else did I get? Kod. Uh, didn't you get the? T.I. album? No. Not T.I. I got the Black Eyed Peas album. Or maybe that's what I was thinking of. I thought um, you got... Yeah, I thought I you got another one. I'm gonna go pull up the picture really quick. Because I know what it is. It's fine. I could listen to this music all day. Yeah, I know. It's so beautiful. Oh, House of Balloons. Um, oh. The first part of the trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it has a boob on it. Wow. Look at you. Alright. <laughs> I Thank you for showing me. Um... Yeah, so I got six. I'm going to make a nice little display thing. Yeah. And then eventually, like, 
one day when I when I get when I get a more when I have a desk in my house that I can use, yeah, I'll put the six behind my desk. So if I'm on a Zoom call, I'll look real cool. Ooh. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that will step up your Zoom background game yeah. because currently mine is a poster of Rick and Morty, uh, a Rick and Morty poster, and it's just Morty drunk. So mine right now, like a Bucks flag, but it's. Or my Star Wars Battlefront poster. So when I was just in your room doing a Zoom call, it gave me a little. I, I just sat on like the end of the bed, kind right, of. Yeah. I had just one little string of Christmas lights in the yeah, corner. It's not bad. It's not bad. I haven't done that one before. Uh, but yeah. Are we all set? Yeah, so I think we got today. I think that's all. Oh, I have one thing to amend. Okay. The Suns city jerseys oh, no. are officially cool. I, and this this is primarily because I saw Kelly Oubre in one. Yeah. And Kelly Oubre is a good looking man. He's cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. I also saw the shorts and I really liked them. The shorts aren't bad, but I still don't like the uniform as a whole. But I still have a Devin Booker MVP bet, so I hope he loves them. Look good, feel good, play good. Thank you to everyone who joined us today. I'm glad we got this nice little... This is going to put me to sleep. I know. Have an excellent night. <laughs> now we're going to hit up with some hard, yeah, yeah. hard outro music. Right. Of course. <laughs>